It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. Welcome in. It's episode number 21 of Jobbing Out. Anybody? How many hours of wrestling you had to watch when you it's, get back from vacation? It, it's so close. It's actually the percentage of the hours since I've been back from vacation <laughs> that I've spent watching professional wrestling. The number actually works out to uh, 20 hours of wrestling in 96 hours that I've been home, and so that equals out to 21%. 21% of the Impressive. time that I've been home, I have been spending watching professional wrestling so that I could catch up on everything. Uh, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun, Brandon Linton from Rams Head Live. AJ, AJ, What is that? Yeah, that Rams Head Live thing, I have forgotten. What is that? What do they do there? I don't know. It has been way too long. Just a big building. Oh, God. Historical landmark. Sad. Just sad. Uh, No AJ this week. Uh, Hopefully again very soon. But uh, instead, later on in the program, we're going to catch up with Jonathan Coachman, first-time guest here on Jobbing Out. Looking forward to that. Uh, he's got a new show that he's involved with. It's right up Aaron's alley. It is sports gambling related. So we will talk to him about that and uh, some of the uh, many things that he's been involved with in this business. Looking forward to doing that later on in the program. All right. So no show last week because I was on vacation. That's why I had to spend so much time catching up. Uh, but it times out well because it allow- means that we can talk about the two big events, Great American Bash and Fighter Fest, kind of all at once here. And if there was a big event that happened otherwise in professional wrestling, I'm sure we'd talk about that too, but there wasn't. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess we start with Keith Lee. Um, I, I, let, let me run through just quickly my thoughts. Here are my thoughts. I have a thought too. Go ahead. Keith Lee, being the NXT champion, is of course fucking awesome. Yes. Because Keith mm-hmm. Lee is fucking awesome. Yes. So there's, there's no way alone that that can be a bad thing. Except. The fact, well, let me, let me cover a few, a couple areas. There, there, there's two accepts. Well, there's, a, there's one there. big except. There, well, there's a, there's, I think there's a few, right? There um, are, but there's one big one. Well, okay. The big one being the two belts. Like it's, it's no. I, that's, that's a big. That's one. a big one. To well, me. that that is a big one. It's but a not very in my big two one. Even. It's a very big one to me. It's a. I, there is no yeah. purpose for someone holding two belts. I. I. So, boy, we will. Get, well, I will get to some even bigger thought I have about that later. Um, I, I hate. I hate the two belts thing. I, unless you're getting rid of a championship or something I, like that. You I, are, I think they will. Uh, no, I think they'll. I think they'll tournament out the North American. Then Which, what the if, fuck was the point? And that's well, the problem. I, well, I, I finish your thought, and I'll tell you why okay. this happened. Um, I don't. I'm not all that worked up about the fact that it was spoiled. Um, I, I did everything in my power to avoid that. Everybody kept talking I don't care about, about that either. Everybody. Kept I don't talking. care about that other than like 
you got to know better, guy. What are you doing? Well, yeah, that guy's definitely <laughs> who, who a loser. Who did it? Who, who did I, it? It was, it was um, one of the, I can't remember the tag team, but uh, Malcolm Bivens, guys, that, the new tag team he has. One of their guys. It was one of those guys? Yeah. The fact that it was actually, and this is this is why it worked for me, it actually made me convinced they had to have done the bit where they filmed two different endings. Like, there's no way. Where they did that on purpose to get you to watch it kind of thing. Like, Maybe. hey, why don't you look like you accidentally put a right. picture on Instagram? Some, something along those lines. But I still wasn't, even going into last night, I still wasn't wholly convinced that Keith Lee was definitely winning the championship because we had heard so much about them taping two different finishes at NXT for months involving championship matches. I avoided the spoiler somehow, so I didn't even see it. Well, good for you. I, I, I tried my damnedest, and it kept being you know, beat over the head with it. So that didn't even bother me all that much. It's the only thing that bothers me. Well, that's not true. I know, Aaron, you're going to talk about Karrion Cross. That's a problem. That's what, well, that's, that, a, that's actually that's, my number two problem, but I have a number it's, one problem. It's a problem, and I don't want to pretend like it isn't. It's a problem that this moment was only sort of the moment that it should have been and immediately became something else, right? Like, Keith Lee winning the NXT Championship should only be about Keith Lee winning the NXT Championship, period. It should be about nothing else. And even, I know you're fearful of the fact that, like, it might be a short-term thing for Karrion Cross. That's a problem, too, but that's a different problem. In the moment... Even if that's ultimately what's going to happen, in the moment, the only thing that should be happening is Keith Lee winning the NXT Championship. It should have dick to do with Karrion Cross. period. You shouldn't be looking at him. You shouldn't be thinking about him. You can build off that next week. Keith Lee winning the NXT Championship should be such a big deal that it involves no one else. So that's a problem. The other problem is now? N- now? And I get that, like, we can, I, me re, I'm not, I don't want to rehash the Velveteen Dream thing because clearly there was a bigger issue going on there, right? And there's, there, that's a bigger problem that they had, that they didn't do as much work as they needed to do and continue to allow that storyline to play out. But Adam Cole's going to hold this belt for over a year to lose it when there was no storyline involved? Yeah, that's my number one problem. When, yeah. when it just happened? And again, that has nothing to do with Keith Lee. Keith Lee winning the championship is great. But this just happened. This just popped up out of nowhere. And I get it's Keith Lee versus Adam Cole. And Keith Lee beating Adam Cole is very relevant. I, 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 this just happened to a Because. Cha- because. Because Velveteen Dream was going to win the title. And that's the only reason this happened. <sighs> I don't know if that's true. I am 100% convinced, based on the way that they just threw this match out there, that they have other plans for Adam Cole, and they were fucked up whenever Velveteen Dream's situation happened and they couldn't give him the belt. I think they very clearly now were giving him the title at TakeOver, and they did what they did to get out of it, and... And now we are here. Now this is where we are with no story. Because to Glenn's point, two weeks ago we had a clear story. We had a clear ending to that story. The way, it, and again, in in a in the correct world, they even told the story. <laughs> like they did yeah, everything right. except pull the trigger. And I, Brandon, I will give your theory credence to the point that, like, I definitely fear that in their mind they said. 
Well, we've done some research on this, yeah. and we're fuck on... it, give it to Keith Lee. Well, well no, <laughs> I mean, that's I, really. What I well, hang on. I, I think going back to the Velveteen Dream thing, I am mm. given everything that's played out since that. I I would be willing to believe that their response was, "We're not sure, but we're sure. We think there's enough here that we're gonna alter our plans." We're not right, gonna. We're not gonna take them off TV. We're not gonna take them off alter TV. the plans, and then they're like, "All right, get them off TV." Because that's. Well, but that's the problem to me with all this, and this might be me giving too much credit, is that you know this stuff came out back in April. The the original Correct. accusations. He then he had that first match, the the match at the takeover in April. Then he had the second match. If the idea was, well, we we're changing our plans because of this. Why did that second match happen? That second match was very unnecessary. Well, what do you mean? Which second match? The, the tag the, match? No, no the, 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 the parking lot brawl. The cinematic match, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that, I think that was the match that was the match that was already planned whenever whenever they But this was this had happened they these initial accusations came out before the first match. I mean, I, I'm going to believe you on that because I don't know off the top of my head. I'm, I, look, I, I, I can't remember what I did last week, right? <laughs> like, so it's what, was, what happened in the first match? Was it a DQ finish or something? No, it was actually a fairly clean finish for yeah. Cole. I think there was maybe a little bit of interference, but like relatively, they no, could have said that was weird it. about it, right? It was a regular TV match. It was just on no, NXT but it, TV. But it, no, it was a take because it was that. Remember, everything in April was takeover. They did like three straight weeks of quote unquote takeover. Right, but it wasn't like a real take. It was no, but so, I mean, ni- yeah. neither was the parking lot brawl, or neither was this for that matter. No, the, the parking, parking lot brawl, brawl was. was on a real takeover. Yeah, that was on a real takeover. Oh, that was, yeah, okay, that was on a real takeover. Yeah. But this first one was on. It was on basically the equivalent of the Great American Bash. They labeled it as takeover. Right, but but they're clear. There's two clear differences between the things they do on the show and takeover. So so you have to. But wait a second. Separate- this was a regular show. What are you talking about? Great American talk- Bash was a regular show. No, you started throwing in Great American Bash. That has nothing to do with... We're talking about Velveteen well, Dream on, and he wasn't on, on, on Great on, American Bash. We're, we're getting lost in minutes. No, 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 but I, I'm saying that they label that as a special... It's, it wasn't yeah, NXT yeah, yeah, TV. But that's, it was but, a but special the, but NXT no TV. No matter what you call the regular show, there's still a difference between a, a special on the network and the regular show. Okay, well, but you, I guess my question is, why did they have that second... If this because was all about... they had a takeover planned and they didn't know what else to do, So and they filmed it early. I don't know how early, but they filmed after, it early. After the, after the... Well, after the accusations came out. I'm, I'm just like, it, it doesn't quite track that all of this... My was feeling was, it, it the real bad stuff at least got to us by the time they filmed that. Well, that was after see. all of that. All of that stuff came after everything. That was yeah. after the. That was after. I, then you answered your own question. But then, but now you're saying that if if it was about the bad stuff, then it had nothing to do. Right. The plans then why? Didn't then why wouldn't they have just put the belt on him? So, and again, this goes back to it. Look, I think there well, is. No, but, they, but but okay. My point is, that I think they know that stuff before we do. I think they see those pictures before we do. I think that lawyers and whoever's involved have these com- the reason I'll say this I had a similar similar situation with someone who was going to play Ramshead right where some things came out about them the day that my show happened I learned that the agent and everyone knew about these things about a month before that but they became public that day so of course I was upset that you know they were like hey some shit might come out you might want to you know 
But my feeling is with entertainers that people know when this stuff is going to come out. And if you hear a little bit, they know a lot more than that. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe. Okay, then, that mean, then that means they put Velveteen Dream right. in and the that, main and, event and picture bigger, for two months while they knew all right, this stuff. And that's a bigger problem. And that's a huge problem. While they right. were vetting it. I mean, and, and knowing it, about it and knowing and, and being true are two different things, too. Right. You know what I and mean? And I'll go back to that. I do think that's the gray area where we're swimming. And that's what I come right. back I think the gray area where we're swimming is that they were trying to figure it out. They weren't fully confident enough that they could just fire him at the moment. So what the, the middle ground became was let's just play the thing out but not give him the belt. And that'll buy us enough time to figure this all out, exactly what's going on. And if, ultimately, somehow he's completely exonerated in all of this, then like we can always go back and, and redo this down the road. But And maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but if we find out more and it looks bad, then at least we didn't make him the champion. Sure, we probably should have not had him on TV at all, but at least we didn't make him the champion, right? Like, at least right. we buy ourselves a little bit of time in this process. And, I don't... And, if, and if all of that's true, which we will never know if it is, probably, um, now the last few weeks make a lot more sense, right? Like, what, whenever everything went crazy, and we were like, wait, why are they doing this? Why is Dexter Loomis here? Why are we doing all these things? They suddenly make more sense because they literally didn't know what to do because whatever they were going to do... Right, they so let's, couldn't do let's it. Just throw a bunch and, of people I, and I and... guess going, but you know, whether or not you can you can just fight. Think about if they had pivoted to Keith Lee right when they decided, okay, we're not putting the belt on Dream. What if you started the build there too? Well, up it's to definitely this? better. Like, I agree, but Lee. do you think for a second though they they did that tag match because they thought maybe they could pivot back to it somehow? Even though they said you'll never get a title shot ever again, whatever. You know, like the, you, you know how wrestling works. But, like, I mean, but then, but then you're playing this game where, well, they weren't really sure about Velveteen Dream. Like there, there's this, I, and then part of it is saying me if if I'm in charge there and I have all, you know, a lot of this info, I'm not putting Velveteen Dream on. And and just kind of looking back at where we are now, if we if we had just pivoted to Keith Lee after that first quote unquote takeover 100%. match, not the real takeover match, the the I, the first match with Adam Cole, if you had started the Keith Lee push then. We're not talking about this feeling rushed, right? And, and, some, at, and at the time, didn't they have Keith Lee in the middle of the Gargano stuff? Yeah, you could have you could have had him drop. No, actually, this was I think before because the Gargano stuff didn't start. He didn't turn heel until right when uh, the Velveteen Dream Adam Cole match happened. No, he he wrestled. Uh, yeah, he wrestled as a heel on that show oh, against Champ. It, it might have been the week before. No, I mean like no, he was a heel. He turned during... at Takeover. He turned at t the Takeover with people is where he turned. The last takeover where there were people, that's where he screwed Champa yeah, out he, of the title. Oh, but but yeah. he had the match with Champa yes. at that quote unquote the the multi week takeover Correct. was where he Correct. faced Champa. Right. And, and the, but then he had a, a heel match on the same takeover as the it was him versus Keith Lee, literally on the takeover with the parking lot. Right, right, right. I, I'm, I'm talking about, but I'm, I'm going back to April here. I'm again, as soon as basically as soon you as can't they decided, go back to April. Well, they, hold on. They, if we're if we're saying didn't the, know enough. If, if, but if we're well, first of all, wait. You're saying that they did know then, and that's why they didn't no, put I said, the title you, on Velveteen you, Dream you at the time. Glenn, no. This goes back to no. This goes back to the gray area that we're talking about. I yes. actually, I actually do understand what Brandon's saying. What Brandon's saying is that, like, Aaron, you're painting it more black and white. Yeah. And what we're saying is there's maybe giving them too much credit. And none of us know really what happened, but we're trying to work through theories of how we got to this point. 
um, that there was a gray area where they knew something but didn't quite know enough, and the middle ground that they figured was keep him on TV but don't give him the belt, right? Like that that was the, the most comfortable thing they could do to not overreact and immediately pull and give credence the idea that everybody deserves the opportunity to explain themselves, the whole deal, and then, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out afterwards. Sure, in hindsight, it would have been smarter to just get him out of the main event picture altogether. Like, if, if you were going, if that's what you were trying to do, well, you don't have to do that while he's fighting for the championship. You right. could have and, just and done right. that. And, and, and at that point, if they had pivoted to Keith Lee, it would have been the same thing we just got Wednesday, which is that he would have just won a match out of nowhere well, for no, no reason. If no, they, no, no, were, I'm saying you right. pivot to him back in right. April. That's, you used to have him start feuding with the Undisputed April. As soon as you have that Velveteen Dream Cole match, you get... Who, who's fighting Adam Cole for the p- title that whole month? I mean, that's the problem. You, you, you could have if Dexter you take, Loomis. Honestly, you could have Dexter Loomis there. Dexter you, you had, Loomis you, happened because of this. Right. I'm saying you had Dexter Loomis in play there. You get through all of that, and you have Keith Lee feuding with Roderick Strong for the North American title, which turns into him running through Fish and, uh, Fish and O'Reilly, which turns him into Cole. You have a two-month build of him going through Undisputed no, Era to get to Cole. Johnny Gargano. Whenever they did all that storytelling, I mean, I, you I put think him it's with Balor. You put him with I, no. I mean, that's I mean, what I they're could, doing now. I mean, okay, I exactly. So you put him with Balor here. There, there, there was pieces you could do to set up if you are if you. And by the I way, they depends. did do that, didn't they? He did fight Finn Balor. Finn Balor beat him. Right, and you, but you have a full feud with that. If you're saying, what do you do with Gargano? Like you have a full feud between Balor and Gargano. I think we're there are I think we're we're yelling about different ways to skin a cat. I mean we are yeah. right. The, like, the point is Keith Lee should have had more than a two week and, build and, to and win this title, and that's what this comes down to is that there was yes. a lot going on, and it unfortunately led to this thing that should have been a great moment, Keith Lee winning the championship, instead just sort of being a thing that happened. And this is why I go back. This is why I was screaming about the Velveteen Dream thing. Like, if you're going to do this, you have to let the moment play out, have the moment occur. Yeah. Again, yeah. obviously, in hindsight, better that it didn't, of course. Let me right? give you like, a better moment that we could have done without revising the entire month of re- or three months of wrestling. If you just took this match, right... And you had Adam Cole beat Keith Lee underhandedly, and he won both belts. And then you have Keith Lee chase and get beat up by the Undisputed Era and do all this stuff throughout. And then eventually at SummerSlam TakeOver, beat Adam Cole for both titles. You could have done that. Yes, that's yeah. that's definitely a better moment, no doubt. Yeah. Now we get into play, like, is there an Adam Cole thing going on? The fact that he's already positioning himself to to be moving to carry and cross, does that say to us that maybe they're thinking about a different direction for Adam Cole and they did that this was maybe more even in their minds about Adam Cole than it was about Keith Lee, right? Like that they had to get out of this because They've decided that Adam Cole is going up, um, or quote unquote, going up right after SummerSlam. So they need to do something with the Undisputed Era quickly between now and SummerSlam weekend, so they can get out of it. Right? Like, there's other things. There's also, and this is something that I, you know, I don't know. Do they? Did this happen? Did this decision happen when TNT announced Fighter Fest? Did they now decide that they needed to combat it, and they didn't really have a lot to work with? 
So what's the best way? And this goes back into the idea, the theory that perhaps this was not a mistake that this wrestler made, that this was done purposely. Yeah. That this was. I, I, I'm more on the side of that. That this was just an aggressive ass play to try to make sure that you didn't lose audience as TNT was doing Fighter Fest. Like, is that these all of these things are possible. It's reasonable. None of them are good. <laughs> That's what we come back to. None of them justify the fact that you didn't do the work, right? Like, this goes back to all the things I keep talking about. This Professional wrestling should have moments, and this didn't end up being the moment that it should have been. But did it happen because there were all these other factors that were at play? We have to address all of them. They're all in play. Ultimately, Keith Lee's the champion, and like, hey, thumbs up. And it was a great match. Thumbs up, right? Like, I, I can't complain about those things. I can't say those individually are bad things, but we can all acknowledge the other circumstances that are involved and say, what? What? Like, your, your, your year-plus champion just dropped the belt without any build at all? Like, r- really? That's, that's... I, ha- I have another question. Have they taped NXT for next week yet? As we know far that. as I know, no, but I don't know that for sure. I feel like this week was a taping week. What is, is the over-under on... Adam Cole versus Keith Lee rematch. <laughs> now that the title match for for AW, yeah, I mean, now that we know reasonable. it's for the fallen, and they've loaded up the show. Yeah. yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you do that, right? Like, why wouldn't? Well, you- here's 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 what I would say. Like, as much as we say, hey, you know, where's the story for Keith Lee? Like, I, I I'm starting to think more about what you said, Glenn, about this being more about Adam Cole with the handshake at the end. Yeah, and if this turns into you know, essentially Rock, the end of Rock Hogan with the NWO getting mad that Hogan's shaking the Rock's hand and stuff like that next week. I think maybe they were okay with it because it's like, okay, this is more about that. This is more well, about... that. that's the problem. I know there, I, is no, that I know it should not be problem. more about that. <laughs> okay, but like, at the same time, like, I think there's all, there always has to be, there always has to be a focal point of some, some, like... Like, if you broke up Undisputed Era and it was only about Keith Lee winning the title, I think we'd have a problem with that, too. You know, I, I don't know if there's ever a good way. I, I, okay, I, while I understand what you're saying, I do think there's, there's two different I think we're saying two different things. In, or it's two, we're, we're saying the same thing in two different ways. I think it's more understandable that they had to do something they were in a bad situation this is what they pulled off i think if yeah. like if that becomes clear you'll say i get it but at the same time making drew mcintyre nxt champion did prove to be pretty good for drew mcintyre right like that yep. there proved to be a benefit from it it yeah. still will never i will never forgive how completely <laughs> shitty that year proved to be i just never and i'm not even trying to do this for the sake of harping on it i'm just trying to use it as an example for i i won't forget that their decision that something else was more important should outweigh the story that they told, I'll never be okay with that. It's it's the, the Owens-Jericho. By God, they showed the, the – FS1 showed the Royal Rumble from that year yeah. the other night, and, like, I couldn't enjoy it. I couldn't have an <laughs> ounce of enjoyment in watching it because all it reminded me of was how badly they fucked that, like how terrible it was that they screwed up the story that they were telling for the entirety of the year. 
I, I can't get past that. I can't forget that. And by the way, that's even worse because nothing good came out of it, right? Like there was, right. yeah. there was it, like at least with Drew McIntyre, you can say, well, it benefited Drew McIntyre, who are all inclined to like, and, and, and benefited Andrade. You know, of like, course, that, right. that's an awfully decent chain reaction for NXT, right? Like well, at, Andrade significantly correct yeah. at least at least when they fucked that one they managed to you know create they, they turned some chicken sh- uh, uh chicken uh, shit into chicken salad right like at least they did something good after they fucked it the the, the owens jericho thing just was a complete fucking disaster and the dumbest thing they've ever done but i i, I don't forget the other side of it right like i I think Keith Lee will be fine because Keith Lee is amazing. <laughs> like, there's no world in which this, to me, is going to hurt Keith Lee that when he won the NXT Championship, it wasn't a moment. Because he's Keith Lee. Whatever he does, he's going to be great. He's going to be a rock star. Um, he's going to be everything we could ever imagine in a professional wrestler because Keith Lee is wonderful. But I still won't forget that. Like, I won't forget how clumsy and awkward it was that this is the way that it played out. I do hope that they, from here, whatever the circumstances are, granted that they lead to something of benefit moving forward. And if that is, this becomes the way that we break up the Undisputed Era. This is where Adam Cole goes to whatever he's going to do next. He becomes a big face. He's on Raw, whatever it is. I, you know, I, I am realizing how badly they need stars. Um, they desperately... It really just struck me the other day, like... When I saw the ratings for Monday night, which were, I guess, the second worst Raw of all time. It, which is which is sucks because it was actually a pretty good show. It was. It was a pretty good show. You're right. It was fine. I mean, I, I don't want to go get carried away in that. It was fine. It wasn't it wasn't spectacular, but given what the standards have been recently, it was a totally fine show. Um, but they really are. They're dealing they, it's no John Cena, no Roman Reigns, no Brock Lesnar, no Ronda Rousey, no Charlotte Flair, no Becky Lynch. No, I mean, like they are Do you know what it hit me? When it hit me was when I saw the poster for the um, for Extreme Rules, and I was like, "This would not sell." I don't think it would sell out the UMBC Event Center. Well, that's <laughs> you know not, what I mean. That's not like true. If, I, if, well, if they hey. were trying to sell tickets for that show. Like that's all I could think of when I saw the poster, and it's like Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Oscar. I mean, it's not a knock on any of these people. It's just like when you look at that poster, like. Oh no, God! Like it just—it looks like it, a good house show. Yeah, and if that, but even it, even for those standards, it feels like the B run. You know what I mean? Like it feels like you go to the Patriot Center or whatever the hell it's called now, and there would be half house. You know what I mean? Like well, uh, it I, I feel like a lot of those July pay per views are like that lately. But we can—I I, kind of wanted to get to that. I, ha- I have a whole yeah, spiel well, on but, that but, coming but up sure, a little bit but, later. But it, sure. it, it impact that hit me. As to why it might be particularly important in their minds that Adam Cole becomes a face star in WWE television quickly. That on SmackDown. Correct. And he, and he needs well, to go I, on SmackDown mm, right now. The only reason that I hesitate on that is they seem to be kind of positioning Matt Riddle as that new star on SmackDown. Oh, okay, that's fair. I wasn't thinking about that. I just I just have been thinking about how much worse SmackDown has been lately yeah. than Raw. I agreed 100%. I just think that they had that kind of position in Riddle. No, Raw needs right. that, that fresh breath. You're right about that. And I read a bunch of stuff about how Vince thinks he's Shawn Michaels. And oh, how, really... how, many month, how many months till we hear that uh, Vince McMahon thinks Adam Cole is the next Shawn Michaels? <laughs> Everyone <laughs> is the next Shawn Michaels. Well, I'm, I'm just really glad that at least he thinks that right now because I honestly was very scared for Matt Riddle on the main roster. 
I don't. We we, we nobody. Uh, his abilities are through the roof. Obviously, that doesn't matter for a lot of other people. Yeah. And considering his uniqueness, I'm always scared that he's going to turn into Mr. Joke Man. You know what I mean? Of course. Um. Sorry, what'd you say? No, I, of course, I agree. I completely agree. And so, thankfully, at the moment, that's not the way it is. Obviously, there are other issues surrounding Matt Riddle, but they they better be more confident about this. <laughs> they certainly are acting like they, they are. They <laughs> better be. They better be more confident about this yeah. than they were about the Velveteen situation. By so, the way, how much would you... Uh, like, what would you do if Velveteen Dream popped up on Raw on Monday? Uh, I mean, that would be the dumbest thing. I, I, I can't believe no, that. I just no. can't. I can't believe that that could happen right now. I'm just a little bit taken aback by how confident they are in the riddle one, and and maybe that just shows how much more they know about these two situations than what we know. But I mean, they're they're, they're basically making him the face of SmackDown. I'm and, unsurprised by that too. I thought they would kind of ease there's off a diff- of him a bit. Yeah, and I think there's a difference between him being on the show. And beating AJ Styles and John Morrison and and being in the you know the main segment at the beginning and all that you know it's full on like main eventer push you know um, it, it's a little bit surprising considering the situation. I agree with you. I. I, I can't say I'm surprised with WWE just because, you know, that's why I'm, I'm going to say, a, but I, let's put it this way. If I was in charge, I would not have him be doing this. No. And there's a small part of me that like, it, it, I would just roll my eyes. If I see Velveteen dream come out on raw, I mean, like, <laughs> I do more than roll my eyes. Like that would yeah, be, I, I'm not saying they really, do it really bad. I'm just saying I like, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but my God, my like, God, there, there's the plausible of, there's only one accusation for Matt Riddle right now, you know, and he's he's you know vehemently denying it. While there are numerous accusations yes. for Velveteen Dream, yeah, it's a different, it's a different. There is a difference there, but boy, they again, they better, they better be right, right, correct. They better be right when it comes to Matt Riddle. Um, let's 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 just fi- finish up anything NXT related, and then we'll. Here's my last little hanging uh, hanging chads will say for NXT are. Um, I, f- I feel like that was the goodbye for Mia Yim. I think that was a clear Mia Yim to the main roster ending. Um, if you watch the um, the picture in picture after the match, you got the standing ovation, laying in the ring, get up. Um, I mean, it makes sense. What else is there for her to do down there? Um, you know, uh, so, you know, as much as we say they need stars, they need bodies too when it comes to the women's division. Um, so well, especially I, if they're not going to use Shane or Bianca. Right. Well, or, or it could be part of using those people as well. You know, that maybe they need more people to make sure that Lacey Evans looks good. And, and, you know, people that are a little bit who, who's who, who else is, have I been thinking about that looks a little bit that needs like really good workers. There's been a couple women they have that I think need those like really good hands to work with. That just aren't quite there, but they like for whatever reason. Liv. And are, yeah, li- Liv's a good example of that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Dana Brooks of the world. Like, you know, they. I think they need bodies to get these people, like, working in in a better way. You're, you're talking about bringing up Mia Yim to put over Lacey Evans and Liv Morgan, which is painful to me. 
But yeah, you know I what I'm like, saying. I didn't mean to No, I know, I know her. what you're saying, and you're not wrong. Yeah. And that's the problem, is you're not wrong. Yeah. I definitely don't so, like the sounds of it either. <laughs> like, but I but I hear you. I hear you, and I understand what you're saying. Um, and th- by the way, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I, I, I didn't think a lot about it, but yeah, it would make sense. I also still, I wouldn't be offended if it wasn't. I mean, I, I, I like Mia Yim a lot. I really do, but... Um, you know, if if they if if it just so happened to be that that they change their mind in a week and say no, we think we can do something with her. That's you know. Sure. Oh yeah. Right. Sure. I just I felt like the way they did that. No, I hear you. I hear you. Was saying. Um. And uh, other than that, I, I mean, I thought I, I I texted Aaron this weekend. I think that they should do these types of things on the main roster instead of pay per views. Um, not instead of all of them, instead of like the one we're getting in a week or two, like that should just be on TV. Then you're killing two birds with one stone. I don't know how much it is necessary to have a, um, a pay-per-view or network special as it is to get the ratings up. Um, and I really like this. I really like this on AEW. I really like this on NXT, this two week pay-per-view special event type thing on TV. Um, I thought it was a really good idea by both of them, and I thought both shows were actually really, really good overall. I, I although think, we're going to squibble think, about some things. No, I think they need to require a little more planning. I, you know, I, ultimately, well, right? That's what I'm saying. If they plan it out as a pay per view, right? Right. And instead of doing the pay per view, do this and plan it. Like that would be fantastic. Right. Especially when you're talking about these pay per views that are just wildly unnecessary. Now, you know. In their mind, do they have to do that because they're charging people a subscription to the WWE Network, so they have to be able to justify it? I, but you can do both, right? You can do because they're doing both with NXT. You just have less pay per view. So instead of doing pay backlash, do that as a two night thing, in, and then do whatever the next event is. You can still do. I, I understand what you're saying, but in their mind, they might feel like, hey, in order to make sure that we justify the subscription price, we have to be providing something that you can only get once a month. Yeah. Um, if, if, if you if there's if there are let's say July and December and maybe March there are no special events on the network is the subscription worth it? Yeah, uh, to us because you would pay sixty dollars for these things. No, I, I get it, wow. but but I think for them is they they are saying we can't have months where there's no right. reason to have the network. Right. I, I I think that's part of it is that in their mind and I. It's something that I was told once upon a time by this was not somebody related to WWE, but it was a, another over the top that said you have to at least once a month have something for value. Now, can you replace that somehow? Can it be that like if if you know you're doing a takeover one month, then you can trade off and say, right. hey, if if for example in July we don't have a WWE a main roster pay per view and instead we do something like this. Then we have a takeover in order to replace it. Okay, you know, like that—that's still a major event that that happens during the course of that month. So if you want to replace and alternate, if we do four takeovers takeovers a year, and that allows us to only do eight or nine main roster pay per views a year, and then we replace that with that, then I, you know, I'm listening. I think that's a yeah. good idea. I do. Think all all I can think about was how much of a missed opportunity this is on Fox. When you've got a garbage to, show to do something I mean, that feels like it a, matters, it is a yeah. glorified garbage show right now. SmackDown, right, right? When when that's what you're producing, you literally just painted a picture for how to make that better with what you did on NXT the last two weeks. And by the way, the only reason they did that was to outshine their competition, which is we've always known that's when they do their best brainstorming or their right. best 
pivoting or work or whatever you want to call it. Take that and put it on Fox. I mean, like, just you got to do something for, with SmackDown. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, look, I, I don't disagree with you. I know it's worse because they had the week where they, they couldn't do a show. It's, it's a disaster. I mean, it's, like, do it, do King of the Ring. You know, but, do. Something. By the way, this this past week, as far as uh, like the first hour of SmackDown, great. Was actually, you're gonna have to because <laughs> you had the I'm two sorry. great matches. I watched too the much last wrestling. Last twenty minutes left you're, the worst. You're gonna have life. to remind me what happened on SmackDown last week. It was it was the the great uh, Riddle versus Morrison match going oh, yeah. right into yeah, the great really Styles good. versus Gulak match. Yeah, you're right. They were both really good. No no question. They were both really good. All right, let's let's shift from Great American Bash to Fighter Fest. Um. <laughs> unless there's unless there's something else anybody wants just to talk get it about. out of the way wait just get it out of the way now well the first is, is there anybody that, is there anybody that wants to say anything else about uh, uh santos escobar and his group are awesome they are Love awesome they're awesome but brizango should be doing more right now Briz- well I, I, a brizango should be doing more and and let's see tyler breeze versus santos one-on-one at least yeah, one time i'm down that, there, there's something special there i'm absolutely down with that oh and we got you got to talk and, about and, oh, sasha eo I mean, that, oh, that yeah. was a Sasha, hell of a match. Sasha Eo was tremendous. You're right about that. But I, I do have a bigger question of like, we're going to do this again with Candice and Johnny for, for what? What are they doing? Well, Candice is clearly going to Eo. That's where that's going. Okay. Eventually, though, Tegan just won that number one contendership. Right, that's like, next week. That was okay. announced for next week. Okay. I, I missed that getting announced for next so week. This okay. Is, this so, is very so for clearly SummerSlam. Th- well, yeah. Did you see the the uh, the promo they cut? I mean, yes. they ve- they very and I wouldn't be surprised. By the way, this last thing we'll say. I know we harped about Keith Lee all day. If if I were booking this and I'm not thinking about Adam Cole, what I would if you're clearly you're pivoting to Carry and Cross, what I would do is put Carry and Cross against Adam Cole, and I would put Keith Lee against Gargano. And let Keith Lee get that victory. It, like you can't just put him with Karrion Cross right now. It's got That's got to be further away because I it, hope so. But I'm. I mean, I think I'm worried put, that the timing is to put it on him so Cross can win it at SummerSlam. That could be the case. But I think the next title shot has to be. You have to get. You have to give Keith Lee a couple of victories. I think it's perfect storytelling to put Gargano pinned him two weeks ago or whatever. You put him in there. You give Keith Lee another strong victory. I, and if it were me, I'd give Candace the title, but I, they're probably going to let EO hold it for a little while. So then I don't know where you do with them going forward, but I think that's where those next matches should be till you build to whatever the big thing is, you know? Um. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, 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 they keep trying to tell a Gargano story that justifies anything. And I, I just, I've got nothing, man. I am so spent by, we're just doing this for the sake of doing this. This is, these are not well, the it's, waters. It, it, what it is, is he's there to put people over. I, I mean, I, I, I'm convinced that. That's sure what it seems and like that's right the sake now. Of, I, that's, I originally thought it was, he's winning the title. I think it's really, he's him and Candace, both. If you want to really make the argument, I could see them putting the title on her more than him. But I, I think both of them are there to put people over. I think they, he probably went in and said, but, but turn this, me heel. And I want to put these 15 people over. Or this whatever. goes back to there being a problem. You can't yeah. fucking have him win the match of matches this is the mjf cody thing you can't have them come out on top in the most personal thing ever that you you basically made more important than anything else only then turn around and say well now we got nothing now you're just going to help people put people over it's it's fucking pointless it's well there's one other thing that could happen 
and and we're talking a year. In the next year, Champa could come back and beat Karrion Cross for the belt, and then you've got your match. So what are you, what are you doing with year. Gargano for I mean, a year? You're a, well, well, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, that could be how that means something eventually. I I guess I don't think that. <laughs> you could say it means something, but to waste a year for that seems questionable at best. Is all I can say about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just saying I could see them doing something. I mean, Champa's not just gone, right? Like he's no, got to come back he's and not do something gone for sure. No doubt about that. I mean, he's coming back, but it, you know, he could go back right to the main roster for all we know. I mean, that's what I originally thought, but the the fact that he hasn't showed up yet is kind of making me wonder. Well, I mean, he's out for a long time. Wait, is he actually hurt? Yeah. Oh. I'm pretty sure, wasn't he? Uh, I thought I, he was just... Mur- I, yeah, no, he had I the thought, match with Cross, right? I thought right? he was selling. That's what I thought it was. I don't know. I thought For some reason, I thought he was hurt. Let me look that up real quick. Talk amongst yourself. All right. Um, look. I, I don't think he is. I think it was just the match with Cross and kind of like... It did, it did feel like, okay, this guy's dead or whatever. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, it was like... Anyway, I don't yeah, disagree I, with that. Look, I, again, the problem to me is just the Gargano problem. The problem is you do all of this work for what? And they they started to tell a it's story. The, it's the it's the behind the scenes thing that is that is making the um, kayfabe not make sense. Which is, I have a feeling is everything they did would tell you he's not here anymore, and then he says, "I don't want to leave," and they say, "Okay." So now we're stuck with all right. this now, shit that doing? makes no right. sense. What I mean, that's doing? really well, and the idea with. of saying the the idea that came out that they came out with was a great idea, which was here we'll sell something that matters more to Johnny Gargano than than pursuing just singles championships. Mm-hmm. It's that he and Candice together dominate the company. That's a great right. idea. That's a great but, idea. But then they can't different. come out of the gate and lose, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it goes nowhere. It sputters. And you keep sort of trying to reset it like they did last week. Like, you know, this week because they got, both got wins. That's cool, but to where? To where, exactly? Because and they've it, reset it for a couple weeks. Like, Johnny's got three, I think, now in a row. Right. But to, to, to do what? Where, to, yeah. where do you go and, from there? And if the answer, by the way, going back to what you said at the beginning of the show, Brandon, is he's going to run through this... North American title tournament. Then yeah. Why didn't he just be Keith Lee, right, for the title? Right. Well, be- right. because they be- because he was supposed to, but they needed Keith Lee to replace Velveteen Dream. So much. Well, There's but so but much. he could have he could have Keith Lee could have dropped the title in an underhanded fashion and been fine for Adam Cole. Absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred. Yeah. I, I, now, I, and, I mean, and by the done way, that a million times with the Intercontinental title. Yeah, so. and and. By the way, and the answer might be, well, they, they want more programming, so they like this title. They liked what happened with the Cruiserweight title, how they got more matches out of it, yeah. and that's why they want it for the North American title, which is fine, but it's a terrible way to go about business. I agree. I, agree. I will say this. As terrible of it, I agree with everything you just said. However, considering who we know will be in that, if they do it, it'll be... Oh, it'll it'll be really right. good matches, right, but yeah. it's lazy as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't... Let me ask you this, it, and then we need to, I'll I do, guess, I'll move on to other things. Yeah. Would it bother you if Keith Lee starts fighting for, like, just one of the belts against certain people? 
Like he yeah, be, he defends because by, by definition one of them would disappear almost definitely. Yes, there's uh, this is why I'm never okay with a two belt thing. I never I never ever 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 am okay with a two belt thing. The the belt creates a division. You're eliminating an entire division when you do this. Not okay. Not okay. And the the best way to do it is to have Keith Lee simply announce that. You know, I've got my hands full trying to defend the NXT championship. I'm going to give up the North American championship. But it wasn't the best way to get to this point. It wasn't, to Aaron's point. All right. Um, Fighter Fest. I, again, quite fine. Obviously, Jericho Orange Cassidy was as good as everybody said it was. It was marvelous. It was, an it was great. It was pure, just absolutely wonderful. The The biggest things coming out of fighter fest to me one everybody's hot and bothered about taz going after wwe who cares i am not among them yeah not only it's actually not a who cares to me i thought it was great yeah in fact i mean i mean who cares in a negative like i mean right there are well i mean look that sort of stuff normally bothers me but i think it worked this time i do i think it absolutely worked part of it is this and maybe let, tell me if I'm right as to why it doesn't bother you. I think that Taz a has a lot of credibility, and B is fucking amazing on the mic. Oh, he is. 100%. And I think that that's part. If you had certain other people, like if Cody said that, we'd be talking about it all day. I I I honestly believe that. I think. It was the right person. It was said in the right way. It was... It. I hate stuff like that, typically. It didn't bother me at all. I actually laughed. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, Taz can do no wrong right now. It's a little He's, bit of Taz, but I do think it, the circumstance. It's that you had to explain why it is that you could just right. be... That this match couldn't happen as part of this, this two-week paper. You had to explain and are people actually upset about that no there are of yeah, course there's yeah but the, the people you know we've talked about in the past that we don't like it when aew takes shots at wwe so kind of just the default position there is right never ever, ever talk about come it. on right yeah no, yeah no there's a thought process there this one this is not Brody lee this if is jim if jim ross said it i'd be all over it i would be like yeah. this is cheap why'd we do this i think in the context of the character or the situation it was fine there's nothing wrong with what he did. And, and to follow it up the next week by bringing up out the uh, FTW title, which makes him, you know, I'm not this, I'm not AEW. I'm, I'm this, you know, kind of rebellious, separate. You know, he's basically almost being CM Punk in a way. Just that sort of exactly. thing. Exactly. I took it, it as works. him saying stuff that he thought and not representing the company. And that is the difference. The difference is if someone that represented the company said that stuff, I think I would feel differently about it. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, certainly, depending on the person, I don't disagree with that. Um, I do not, I do not care as much. I don't really care at all about the FTW belt. Like, it, it, I don't yeah, care. I don't care about it. But I, the circumstance made it work, right? Like, again, yeah. it is a direct comparison to why it existed the first time with Taz. So it made sense. I don't think they should have hyped it as much as they did. Like, having Taz say, I'm going to make an announcement that's going to shake professional wrestling to its core, yeah. frankly, made me disappointed. I think they failed by overhyping what it was, 
which yes. what it was was something that was functional. This worked. This was a, a, a semi neat idea. It's it's sort of dumb because we all know Brian Cage isn't winning the championship, and and then what, right? Like, and, and, and do, that's, do we that's, know that? Well, I'm I'm th- get starting to make get the feeling that he may not win, but he's not going to lose. That might, I, th- yeah, I could that see might a DQ true. finish or something. I think it would be really dumb for him to bring back. You know, again, no other company has done this. Is the first time we've seen that belt in 20 years. It's something that does mean something to some people. And then to have him, you know, get pinned on his first match after having that belt would be really, really stupid. Maybe. So I do wonder if this isn't going to be as clean as we Maybe, think. but there's no purpose to that either. That's that's part of the... Then, you've, then you have booked yourself into a corner because Brian Cage never should have been in this match to begin with. It's unjustifiable, and you can't justify going anywhere further with it. And if you don't do something clean, then you kind of have to go further with it. And that's not okay. This this shouldn't be happening to begin with. You have a problem that your championship is is essentially been non-existent for months because it's either been in shitty secondary. No offense to Brody Lee, that's what that was. That was a thrown together. Jake Hager. Yeah. You know, well, the Jake Hager thing was the most justifiable of all of them. Um, and and maybe looking back on it, Jake Hager just should have won, right? Um. That you have had a problem for months now with your championship belt, and you can't keep going with that. You have to come in two weeks. You have to have a clear path to a major championship match going to September, because that's the biggest issue. That this that, that look the Cody thing is a problem, but it's it's a different type of problem, right? As a as a major professional wrestling company, you have to have a direct path for your champion and at the top of your card fucking matters and the top of your card has not mattered in a long fucking time so you can say hey you shouldn't be having you shouldn't introduce this belt only to have brian cage lose well you should definitely not be doing anything other than having brian cage lose next week he should lose he should lose cleanly and you should be pointed towards something and i don't even know what that is at this point which is a bigger problem you need to be pointing towards something that matters that's relevant that I guess the the most sensical thing is MJF, but like you gotta get to that. You cannot keep fucking around with these things that are not worthy of your heavyweight championship picture. Well, I mean it. It goes back to um, the original argument that you or someone made, a, you know, months ago, which is that if they treated Kenny Omega like. No, the I mean, star that he is, yeah. we might not be but in this situation. It's been a huge problem, no question. That's been yeah. a, a big part of this problem. But but you you can't keep going. You can't keep I, going from here. I'm going to disagree with. I think there is a path that if you have, you know, Brian Cage leave Dean Ambrose bloody messy at the end of the night next week Who's after that? a DQ, a DQ <laughs> loss. Yeah. Did I say Dean Ambrose? You did. Yeah. That's fine. Jesus. John I Moxley. I had, I had to say it. Do this <laughs> yeah, no, John Moxley, you know, bloody laying. You have Taz, who right now is one of the hottest things in wrestling right now, keeping up his mic work. And you have, you know, Cage like that and mowing through people. You could make the argument not, that John Moxley, not, Brian not, Cage, no, at All Out is no, worthy of No, that. you can't. I think you can make that argument. Nobody knows who Brian Cage is, Aaron. Like, the, the, you're, you're doing that for the smallest group of people. You're doing that for the people that are well, already Well, then no one watching. knows who MJF is. If that's your argument, no, then no one knows who MJF is. No, you've been telling an MJF story for a year. 
The, anybody who's tuned in at any point knows I, everything there is to know about MJF. I, I'm saying, I, if you're making Brian Cage look awesome and putting him with the best, right now, the best manager on the planet right now, then people who are watching AEW respond to Brian Cage. In the I, same I, way I, they would respond to MJF. For two now, weeks. Now, if you're saying for outside people, you're right, but then the outside people would say the same thing about MJF. For two weeks. You're talking about something you've done for two and I'm talking about, weeks. And then another two months. Two months until all out. You, you uh, need... I'm with Aaron here. No. I, 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 as someone, I've never seen Brian Cage wrestle a match but until AEW. And I think there's a lot of me's watching AEW right now. People that like NXT, that like Chris Jericho, that started watching AEW when it came on. I've never seen matches by half of these people that you say everyone knows who they are. I mean, I know who MJF is because of AEW, and he's been on the whole time. So, of course, like that's, that's built the for point. me. But for me, like... If they build Brian Cage to a real, you know, threat or champion or whatever, like I, I'm in for that. Like I, I think that's that would work okay. Like I don't think you can assume that like oh the audience just knows he's the monster of the week. Now that that is how they've treated people, you know, with um, Jeff Cobb and and people of that nature. But I also you know on the other side don't see a reason with a reason why you wouldn't treat him as a valuable commodity and and teach people who he is for the I, I, audience I want, that doesn't I'm know all for there if, being valuable commodities i'm never going to be okay with somebody showing up one day and suddenly being the champion or in no or, but no no but what aaron's saying is like it, it he doesn't win this time but but he bloodies him up and then the feud goes on till you know the next pay-per-view and and he wins or he doesn't I think I think that's fine. You're, spi you know, you're, I, you're spiting every ounce of work that you've done in favor of saying that the last two weeks are the only thing that matters, man. It's that's bad. But what it's work bad have they done? They, in the championship picture, they've done no work. No, but they've done work on actual characters. They have characters that should matter and should be doing shit that they're not doing shit with, and that's the type of thing that becomes a problem when you just put that aside to keep going and saying, "Well, Taz is really good, so we better roll with this." Fuck that, man. Taz could be great at anything. You don't need to have Brian K in your championship picture for Taz to be doing good work. That doesn't have to happen. Jake Roberts was doing damn good work too, by the way. Jake Roberts was great for a few weeks. Yeah, do, you, do you want Brian Cage to be what Lance Archer is right now? No. So now you're spiting Brian Cage. Right, right. that's the now, problem. Now that we're in this situation. Now right that now, we're here, where, yeah. what do you do? You can't go back and say don't do it. I, I know that no, that's I what your argument is, but they can't don't do, do it now. Right, but so that now doesn't. That you're here, now what you, do you do? You want to make it worse. You just want to keep ripping at it and saying, "Well, we did it, so we have to keep going with it." No, do something good. Do something that makes sense. Tell a story that's worthy of the story that's being told. This isn't worthy of that. This is Taz. That's it. That's the entirety of the story that you've told to this point. Is Taz? We well, don't. What know if shit what if he wins the championship and keeps it for like six months? What if Brian Cage wins the championship? Yeah. I mean, I. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, like. I, I mean, but that's the world we live in, I guess, right? Like, nothing matters anymore. Nothing matters, so shit, why not do it? Like, I mean, professional Brian, wrestling stuff Brian is supposed Cage to matter. Is a real investment for them, right? Did they, aren't they, like, paying him a lot of money? I don't know how much money. I mean, yeah, but they he for was a guy so, like that. He was supposed to be one of the kind of centerpieces, and then he got injured back in, at the end of last summer. So this was always Brian Cage was always in the picture for AEW. We're going to do the same conversation. Great, great, <laughs> wonderful. God bless. Tell me something that Brian Cage has done that's mattered in AEW. 
he'll beat the shit out of uh, Han Moxley. That's it. That matters. That's it. <laughs> there is nothing there. There's nothing. You have not told a story about Brian Cage. There have he is nothing. a machine. He is not a man. That is the story. That's it. You've done nothing. That plays way more to Monster of the Week, by the way. You've done nothing was... to suggest that this is worthy of that. It's bad, man. Stop. Stop. This is bad. And I get it. You're going to say, but you painted yourself into the corner because you gave him the FTW belt. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's a problem. It's a huge problem, and it's, a, it's an argument against. It's an argument for why they shouldn't have done that. If, if the reason for doing that is because they want to go further with this, that's bad. And I have to say that. It's bad. You have been telling stories. What you do as a company is supposed to matter. It's not professional wrestling should never be. Here's this guy showing up. Now he's the guy for a little while until we decide he isn't. <laughs> but that's what AEW's done the whole time. It's a problem. So I, I mean, like it's. it's I mean, they're it's, doing the same thing with Karrion Cross, I guess. So we yeah. can't just we can't just target and, AEW. And what do we here. all just what do we all just spend time saying? Oh, I, I understand that. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> So you're comparing it to the thing that we just all said yes, shouldn't have I, happened. Look, I'm not. Say, I'm just yeah. saying right now, with with everything in play, it's a bad scenario. I'd rather not burn. Glenn, what about the, the way they burned Lance said, Archer? What? What about the other thing that you said sucked? What else? <laughs> they're, 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 yeah. What did I? What else no. did I? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no. No. I mean, here's. I mean, in in my mind right now, I don't want to see Brian Cage get Lance Archered, and yes, I'm using Lance Archered as a verb there. Yeah. Because we're seeing it too much, and I'd rather see Brian Cage than do something than try to force something together. Otherwise, that that's where I'm at right now. It's not a good title picture. If I can salvage something out of it, I'd rather salvage. What I would say is have a strong plan afterwards, but it's not John Moxley, and it's not the championship picture. Like that's how you salvage. You salvage this by having something significant in mind for Brian Cage immediately afterwards, right? Like, and that, that could vary. By the way, I think the very, that should be Cody. That's absolutely what it should be. It should be Cody, 100%. You want to, you want to salvage Brian Cage in this, then immediately pivot him to Cody afterwards. But it's not that he continues to be in the championship picture that he didn't deserve to be in to begin with. That's not okay. That's here's, so here's another interesting thing. Um, July 9th, mark this day, or what? Wait, what day does this come out? <laughs> July 10th, we'll say. Mark this day as the day that Brand Stradamus started to see the same thing happening with John Moxley as the champion at AEW as happened with Dean Ambrose as the champion in WWE. Because I think that's part of this too. Um, what, what what do you mean? I mean, yeah, which part of it? Because like the the Dean the, like Dean the, Ambrose just wasn't good. Yeah, the Dean Ambrose problem is they made him a boob. I mean, that was that was the Dean yeah, Ambrose. They also, but he also just started getting tossed these random opponents that had not a lot of story build, or if there was, it was oh, so. So the, the Dolph Ziggler thing that I was I got yelled at for bitching about years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like. But that's but there's two different things happening there, and I don't want to get. We can talk about him later, but um, it's one thing for the the for the uh, opponent, you know, that doesn't do a service to the opponent. Well, the other side to that is is it also makes your champion nothing. It makes the champion the, yes, a guy. Your champion's right? supposed to be 100%. running through qualified like. Because right now, I'm sorry, John Moxley is a guy. I don't give a shit about what he's doing on this show. Which is, I, I, I care I, about I what Chris Jericho's doing. I care about what Orange Cassidy's doing. I care about what the tag team champions are doing. I care about uh, 
you know, Cody to a degree. I don't care what? about what he's doing. I don't. I care about Taz on the mic. I don't. I don't care who John Moxley is fighting next next time right now well, but that's because of the it, reasons that Glenn just said. Right, if he hasn't... just beats Brian Cage fair, for all I know, you know, um, he Slater is going to show up and he's going to fight him on Dark or whatever. I, I don't know. Like I, it just no, doesn't feel no, no. like. Look, I, I think I think you're saying it. I, I think you're being too dramatic about it. But this is the problem. The, the what you're what you're what you're saying is the issue. The issue is, and it's not the issue today yet but i'm being dramatic because i think it will be an issue well, that's why I said in a you, few months you if they don't do something in, else i said this in two weeks you have to have a clear championship picture that matters that matters that but i'm not even talking about the championship i'm talking about him specifically but that he like, is the champion so that's the because one th- but <laughs> one thing you could do though is if he lost then he can do something relevant but as the champion this was the problem with Dean Ambrose. When he was the champion, they didn't know what to do with him as the champion. And it feels a little bit like we're heading down the same path with better writing, with not I, I think you're, plants and shit. Honestly, like, I, I think you have the wrong comparison here. The comparison is Sting in early 90s WCW, where they literally, it was about, we love under, Sting. Undertaker, when Undertaker was the champion. Yeah, or, her, you know, it's yeah. where... It's a situation where we love the person, we think that's enough, and we don't care about the feuds and titles because we're here to see well, that and the, person, and, and that's kind of the yeah, thing. Right. And 100%. we don't we don't know if that's enough for John Moxley. And the, He's to, not might not be that guy. On the opposite side of things, there was the stretch of Triple H in his championship where it was Scott Steiner one month and then Kane for two yes. months, and then just just people that weren't really. But that's worthy. Co- that's Cody. Yeah, that's 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 definitely. I mean, boy, yeah. Um, Can we please talk about that now? Why? Because at least you, that's fun. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? He cheated again. I, I mean, mean, the booking of that match was the worst thing I've seen in months. It was real bad. The the ending of that match to to make the argument that a slap from Jake Hager's wife warrants a punch from Dustin Rhodes is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I mean. Ugh. And then you've got you've got Arn Anderson and you've got like what was all of that? It, it was basically three wrestlers against Why couldn't one he just beat him in the face? Yes. Why can't Cody just beat Jake Hager? Well, in part because he shouldn't be beating Jake Hager. Like, let's okay, but that's another argument. That. My point is, if he's winning, why can't he just win? Well, it why does it have to be like, all again, this the, bullshit? The, the, the only thing that makes sense is this is a heel turn. It's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> But we've but he should have had twelve heel turns. Remotely likable about Jake Hager or his wife, though. That's the problem. Is like if you're really turning heel. But you know what? You know who was more face in the match? Oh yes, that's fine. Yes, I'm saying in every match that Cody is in, Cody is the heel. So the only thing that's logical is that they're staring at All Out as the moment. I mean, but he has to have the right opponent. Like you can't. It's it's like it's like the WWE Roman Reigns problem. Orange Cassidy. Yeah, perfect. I mean, if they did that, yes. Yeah, Orange but, Cassidy at all out. Boom. But I, I disagree with that because it has to be somebody that you're also kind of turning. I I do I disagree with that. I don't think. Okay. Orange okay. Cassidy, okay. If you okay, so you're saying uh, Darby, somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah. That you're that you're using this as an opportunity that you position. That, that we can watch and see these two people and understand which one we like better. Um, the Orange Cassidy thing just smacks you in the face. We love Orange Cassidy, right? Like, you, yeah. you can't do that. You can't it, do it, that. W- it wouldn't be a surprise turn. It would be, oh, no, everyone's going into that match cheering for Orange Correct. Cassidy. Correct. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, I think it would have to be somebody like that if that's the case. Look, and if that's what you're doing, that's fine. I, I think the problem is you fucked this so much. I just don't think that you're going to get us to care about a Cody Rhodes heel turn now. Like, the, this it is, depends how you do it. I think you can get people to care about a Cody Rhodes heel turn. Maybe, maybe, man. I I don't know. I I don't want to talk about it. I just don't. I'm so spent. <laughs> I mean, to to me, honestly, there's one person that is the best option, but you can't do it Who? right now. Who? It's Jericho. I mean, that's the one. Yeah. You just can't do it. Yeah. No. That's yeah. the one that would work, though. Oh no! I mean, that's a hundred percent. Like, I was every- gonna say Sammy, maybe, but Sammy has this. No, situation. actually, actually, that's also the one. Another one that would work. And they, but, but you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to yeah, put, him in, you don't wanna put a, him in that position right now. I think that's a bad. And do we even know when he's gonna be back? No, we don't. But you don't well, want considering that stuff. You can't do it. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. So maybe they're trying to replace it with Hager. Maybe that's what the plan is. Maybe the plan is they're going to try to make Hager more likable over the the few the coming months, right? Yuck. Like I, you can't have his wife on TV if you're making trying to make him likable. Probably not. Probably not. Oh, I mean, she's not playing a likable version of herself. Is all I'll say. But no one's likable. <laughs> all right. Let's... Um. Okay. I I don't agree with that, but. Well, in in this f- specific feud, yes, in this specific. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course, there are people. There are George <laughs> Cassidy. There's the best friends. There's you know, private party. There's Hello? lots of likable people. Yeah, there's a loaded tag team division that you yeah. got to figure out what you're going to do with. And there's there's a lot of options for various things. I mean, it it, it seems pretty clear that they're heading towards Bucks and FTR and all out. No, I mean that that yeah. appears clear, but then you still have tag champions. Champions. Yeah. Well, at <laughs> what, some point, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, someone. I mean, it seemed. I I thought if they hadn't rushed this private party thing, it seemed to me like they were really starting to get behind that. But they kind of rushed that. Which would have been cool, but they didn't do it. So now right. we should just probably assume it's Gold Dust and QT Marshall again. Like, is that <laughs> is that what we should assume at this? I mean, like, I, I, they they've got to they've got to clean some of that up. They really do. They really need to clean some of that up because it does yep. it's problematic. All right, um, I, I'm gonna do something here. Uh, I meant to pull the audio, and I apologize. When uh when when Becky Lynch got pregnant and had to leave. Brandon, do you remember what you said that week on the show? <laughs> I do, and I actually think this week proved me to oh, be on the right no, track. No, it didn't. Go ahead. Say it again. What was it? That the women's division will be developed mm-hmm. because of her being gone. Mm-hmm. There are three championships uh, that involve women on the main roster in WWE. Uh, those three championships are involved in a combined how many storylines right now? One. One. Two. One. one. They are involved in a combined one storyline right now. Three championships in one storyline. But to be fair, it's two people instead of one. (laughs) And it's good. It's fine. It's fine. It's better better than what it was. I think Bailey and Sasha have been two of the MVPs of the quarantine shows. They've been wonderful, no question. I think that Bailey and Asuka had an amazing match on Raw. I, I think the th- I th- the three of them have all been great, and it's the exact same thing that always happens with the women's division. These are the three we can count on. These are the three we'll do something with. That's it. I think I think there's more coming. I, I, this is amazing. <laughs> I have no idea what you think you're basing that on. I I'll say the same thing. I'll always eternally hope that you're right about that. 
there is zero evidence that would suggest that to be true. What do you think is coming? I'm, I'm very curious about this. I mean, they're, they're clearly doing something with Ruby. So I think that that could say, turn into... What's this something? Yeah, you say they're clearly doing something with it. I think what they're clearly well, they're, doing is... They're going to put her with Liv, and they're going to fight the icon Iconics. Great. I mean, you've got to do undercard work before you can do something that matters, right? But, but you've got to get these people on TV in but general. But they, they never make that transition. Correct. They've done undercard work for an eternity. They've never used, used those people in something that matters. Really matters. That's it. They always... We'll they always. You said this three this months group, ago. R remember, remember last SummerSlam when it was uh, Becky versus Natalia out of nowhere. That's what this SummerSlam is starting to feel like to me. Oscar's going to face whoever. If, if it's not Charlotte, it's going to be Oscar versus it's gonna random. Be it's going to be Bailey no, versus Bailey Sasha. Sasha. Yeah, and then on, on Raw, it's going to be Oscar versus whoever they feel like having Oscar run over. Natalia would make a lot of sense considering they've been trying to build some stable. So, so yeah, her. you do you do Natalia again? Yes, you just the do second straight year at SummerSlam. You correct. You just essentially do the exact same thing you did a year ago for no purpose, no reason whatsoever, because you don't know what you're doing and you refuse to create new stars. This is it. This is it. This is all we ever do. And my point that you tried to turn into something it's not is that we get to see these people instead of Becky or Charlotte. And it's always been my point. We get to see Asuka do things. We get to see Kyrie Sane do things. We get to see Bailey actually Kyrie Sane do show back up for go one back, week. You're not go you're not going to try to pretend like they've been doing things with Kyrie Sane. It's the exact opposite of that. Stop. Kyrie Sane showed up for the first time. You're not months. you're not going to try to score points when you don't get points. That that's that's a zero. They're in a tag team championship match. Wonderful. She's been back for one week. For one week, you've seen something okay. from Kyrie Sane. I mean, it's better. It's it's more than nothing. If 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 Charlotte and Becky were there, they wouldn't even be on TV. I, no, that's not true. There were plenty of women that were on TV when Charlotte and Becky were there. It's the exact same thing. It's the exact, exact, exact same thing. Yeah, but my point is, it's people that aren't Becky and Charlotte. It's because it's Sasha and Bailey instead, right? <laughs> Who are always great on TV because too. Bailey was barely on TV, and they still have it. And they still, first of all, Bailey was has been champion since Charlotte, and you know. Yeah, she was she was heel when she became the champion. Yeah, I said she was barely on TV before she turned heel. Okay, but that but that was in the middle of the yes. Becky Charlotte. Yeah, everything Becky and Charlotte. Else. Was, this was over the last summer. This yes. was a year ago. Right. So now she's the main event, and the only part. And they played it on both shows because they don't want to put guess, any other women in all three for going, a while. You said there were going to be new stars. There are zero new stars yet. This is months. They took Shayna, the one new star, off Charlotte's of TV. Charlotte's been off TV for two weeks. I, you said this after Becky left TV. Okay, but then Charlotte got hurt. You didn't hurt. say it after Charlotte left TV. You said it after Becky left TV. You said that when Becky was off TV, this would lead to good. It's not. I thought the women's main event was pretty good. The matches are always, even when Charlotte's dominating I mean, and the, Becky's dominating, the, the matches are good. The whole point. point I was trying to make is it would be something different, and it is. You're saying philosophically it's not different, and that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about the actual people that are in the matches. You said new. Yeah. What's new for me to, to see Asuka in the main event every, every week? That's new. As compared to Becky being in the main event every week, as a, as compared to Charlotte being in the main event point, every week. Which was my point, which was such a problem that Becky, who was great, was in the main event every week. 
That was such a huge problem that we had a great performer who was in the main event every week. I just wanted to see something different. That was all I was trying to say instead of her every time. Whew. It's the John Cena argument. Becky, better. There's nothing wrong with John Cena. No, no, no. I just didn't want to see Be- him every week. Becky's a better performer than John Cena was at that point. Stop. Becky was a, putting out a better quality performance than John Cena was. Like, come on. Come on. Eh, not near the end she wasn't. I didn't. I didn't think her last f- couple months of stuff was very great. And, and there's some good John Cena, et cetera, et cetera. We, yeah. we don't have to. We don't have to go I'm not turn this sh- into not, Becky I'm versus not, John I'm Cena. I'm not trying here. to shit on John uh, Cena can, either. Are, so are we on the main roster now? Can I turn go yeah, on my little yeah, rant? Yeah. Go. Okay, so we've talked about this in the past, but I feel like it's never been. It, it really struck me this week what's happening right now, and that's. The calendar of WWE is so goddamn awful right now that when you have to watch 20 hours in the span of a couple days, you're watching nothing. Because what you have on the calendar is that from Rumble to Money in the Bank, that matters. It's the Rumble season because that builds into WrestleMania. Even Hell in a Cell or uh, Elimination Chamber builds into WrestleMania. And then Money in the Bank is one of the big pay-per-views. And then for the rest of the year, nothing else matters. Even SummerSlam, which is good... As in the past few years, and it's looking like it's that way again, is built on matches that were built in the last three weeks. There's very few cases of going from Money in the Bank to SummerSlam and paying it off at SummerSlam. That's just not happening anymore. And just like we're looking probably at Brock Drew again, because there's no way Dolph Ziggler is facing Drew again at SummerSlam. Maybe we're getting Bray and Braun again. That's possible, but that's whatever. We're seeing no consistent storylines. So from May until January, wrestling doesn't matter. Well, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum. I mean, we have. But but it's it's been because we used to put SummerSlam as that time that matters, and I don't think it is anymore. Well, SummerSlam It's matters. a good show. It's a good the show. It matters good, on its own. But the on, build does not matter. On its own it matters. And yes, it's it's been hurt by separating it from Okay, it's not true. This is why King of the Ring needed to exist. King of the Ring should have always been for SummerSlam what Royal Rumble was for WrestleMania. That you make both of them matter more because you create a major championship match coming out of it and you acknowledge what's been going on in order to do it. There should right now be, you should be building a star that slides in for a SummerSlam spot. But you're not, obviously. There's not been any of that going on unless, for whatever reason, you decide that Matt Riddle can become that guy fairly, fairly quickly on SmackDown, and I'm not really a believer of that. No. But there should be a star of the season um, in the same way, the problem, again, being that you didn't do that with... You're not even doing that with WrestleMania anymore, so I'm not... I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really even but sure how they do it. At least there's usually like two month build instead of a three week build. Yeah, but that's the detriment of the shows between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania too, right? right. Like you're you're pissing away those shows essentially. But that's not, I, I'm I'm I'd rather piss away the show than piss away all the shows leading up. Like Extreme Rules doesn't matter because everything going into SummerSlam is going to happen after Extreme Rules. Uh, for the most for the most part, yeah, there I'm, are obviously exceptions, but for the most part, no, I don't I don't disagree with that. Um, I, I, I don't I don't really know how to fix that. Part of this goes back to the the other problem, which is that they're not doing anything that matters right now because they're they, every time we have a conversation about something, we keep saying, "Well, they want to wait until people are back." Like, but but know. this isn't a one year thing. This isn't a one year problem. 
Um, you could go look at SummerSlam last year. Look how many matches were built more than the one month cycle. Okay, I do think that the Brock Seth uh, Rollins and Brock is about the only one. And even that, you know, Brock kind of disappeared and, well, and came back. But that's also part of the Brock Lesnar problem too, right? right? Like, well, and, but, and that's bit is that he's been in the title match the past few years. Right. So well, the right. last summer actually was the opposite of that. Brock Lesnar was on like every pay per view. Oh, that's right. He, 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 and... he disappeared on Raws. He would show up at the pay per views to show yeah, up. Yeah, because he he won the Money in the Bank, which was. Right. One of the greatest things ever. Yeah. And then he cashed it in at Extreme Rules. And then set so that part no. of it actually wait, wait, wait. works for me. I thought he cashed it in to get the the, the SmackDown on Fox. No. That no, was just a, he, that was just yeah, a he match. Got, he just yeah, he was got given that. A he showed up after, after he lost. That was right. That's right. That, that was, match. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That was just like Yeah, that's right. Now I do remember that. Yeah. That's all that was. Yeah. No, he cashed in on Seth Rollins and then Rollins beat him at SummerSlam. So that is the only part of the show that works the way it should, right? Right. No, let me tell you. Do you remember what the main event to Extreme Rules 2019 was? Because if you think this Extreme Rules is bad, Wait till you remember what the main event of last well, year was. Kofi. Oh, it was No, no, no. It was the mixed tag match. Yes. No, oh, I don't even Seth remember that. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans was the main event of yeah. Extreme Rules. So if you think this year's bad, no, that that makes this year look pretty good. Yeah, to be it's honest. definitely terrible. There's no question about that. Um, and Kevin Owens defeated Dolph Ziggler in 17 seconds for some reason. Which I did not remember. Aaron, I think the problem that you're alluding to is is a bigger problem, though, right? Like, yes, the calendar sucks right now, but short of you could again, short of bringing back King of the Ring, which would be very smart in order to do this, in order to to, to make something that matters and points you towards something. Short of that, you should be using your television to create a moment for someone. There should be an obvious, and this goes back to what we're talking about with Randy Orton. Whatever your plans have been. For SummerSlam, the story you've told has been Randy Orton. And so Randy Orton should be moving towards SummerSlam and the main event. That's what should be happening and, right And now. if that's the case, I will withdraw my complaint. I'm right. still working on this. Sometimes probably Brock. And, and if it is Randy Orton and you tell me that between Money in the Bank and now, the whole purpose was this is the summer of Randy Orton... I withdraw a lot but, of my or, complaints, and, and what I not was, all of them. And but, I don't think I don't think you can make that argument because clearly they had a different plan and they didn't plan on Edge getting hurt. But it right, works. Right. I, I'm okay and, with, and that's what yeah. I'm saying. I don't think it needed something work. I don't think it needed yeah. to be the plan. I think it's going back to what we talked about: acknowledging the moment. It's acknowledging what's happening and saying, "Oh, well, whatever our plans were, this is the story that's been told. Let's tell the story." Yeah. And they it's really the only thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's really the only thing, right? I mean, really. Right now, yeah. as far as WWE it's the only interesting is concerned, thing. Yes, one hundred percent. It's the only thing that your gut tells you that's what they should be doing. But that's that's like, what all programming should always be. You should always be monitoring what you're doing and realizing this is what people are into. There's, there's one are... other thing, the, the AJ Styles. That's the other one. To you could lesser, make an argument a, for him in the main sure, event. It's to a lesser because, extent. Because there's almost no path for him into the main event at this point. It's hard to... I didn't mean that. I mean as the most interesting thing on the show. Period. Sure, and then we can go back. I know we had this conversation yeah. over text. Should the U.S. title be the most interesting <laughs> thing on the show? The Intercontinental title, which just goes to show you how much it isn't. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you can't even remember right. which title Oh, it yeah, is. and the new U.S. title. Well, I do th hang on. I think that you can solve some things sometimes just by, again, I hate... 
by throwing Daniel Bryan at it is sort of yes. the like there yep. are times where you can sure. solve problems by just saying let's throw some Daniel Bryan at it and I would even extend that because I think that the same concept works for Kevin Owens which yep. is that you can solve whatever your problem is for saying hey we haven't done a great job here by saying yeah but if we just toss Daniel Bryan or just toss Kevin Owens at it it's going to be just fine in fact it'll probably be better than fine it'll be great because it'll be a great match but like, like, let's say right now they toss Kevin Owens into the Drew McIntyre, the title picture. It would be fun. I'd enjoy it. But that should have been work that's been going on for the past two months. You know, going back to what we've been saying the whole time. It goes back to the problem of having face champion, right? Well, and that's, uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I can't, <laughs> I don't think that Dolph, Dolph Ziggler should be beating Drew McIntyre. But yeah, I mean, if I was, if my solution was throw Kevin Owens at it, it probably wouldn't be with Drew McIntyre, right? Like that probably wouldn't be the way that I would go about doing it. I would just sort of say, "Hey, there's all there's been a bubbling Kevin Owens thing for a long time. We can tap into that. Like and that can always be tapped back into at any point." And I, I just don't know what purpose there is right now going anywhere with Drew McIntyre. And I hate doing this because it always sounds like I'm shitting on Drew McIntyre, which is unfair because Drew McIntyre is good. But what are we doing for for Brock to to get his heat back over Drew McIntyre? Why do we need that? What I mean, do we do? Is there a world where Brock Lesnar needs to overcome Drew McIntyre again? No, I I would like to see a real match though. Yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd like to see if you want to say one, Drew yeah. goes over Brock in a real match. I think there you could argue there's that's the one reason to do it. Okay. But here's the other thing, kind of to go off of the question Glenn just asked, what are we doing with Drew McIntyre having a segment where Heath Slater runs down what a dick he is? Yeah, I mean, that wasn't great. What are you doing there? And then that hugs him at the end. That wasn't great. Like, like that's fine to hug him, and that's kind of their thing is, oh, he's actually a good guy after all. But you spent a good, the, your first segment of the show basically saying Drew McIntyre's not a good dude, which right now is a little bit of a problem. I, I actually disagree with you. I, I don't think that's what that segment did. I think that segment showed Heath Slater saying, you're too busy for me, and that's... No, I did He said you haven't called me yeah. at all since I was fired. Because, because he's busy being the champion, and they... Now, it's an absurd story to tell in the times that we're in, but in kayfabe, he'd be supposedly doing all these interviews and, and too and busy. And so he's to... basically saying he cares more about the title than his friends, yeah, which is a dick thing. Yeah, I, I no, actually... but he's just saying you got caught up in this, and he's sitting there saying agreeing with him, right? Saying, "Oh yeah, you're right. I should have called you." But, you know, but, hang on. When they showed they showed Drew McIntyre reacting to that, but there's two there's twofold to that. One, I I completely agree with Aaron. It, it made him look utterly dickish, and then two. You have to apologize at some point if that's the case, right? Like, you can't just acknowledge it. Like, no, you're just a dick who acknowledges that you're a dick or acknowledges. Why did it, I, it's what it's like what we talked about a couple of years. Yeah, I was, I was terrible. Yeah. I was terrible towards women, and I'm working on myself. Right. But like, no, no apologies there. No, you have to. You, there has I think to be... they thought they were doing that, and it just didn't work. You know, I, 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 I think I got the story they were trying to tell. I just didn't think it was it worked or was pulled off i think there's a bigger issue that that segment that they did only really has any value of heath slater sticking around right um if, and it was for all intents and purposes his send-off if, right if heath slater is is not sticking around and that's the understanding that we all have is that he's going to tna then you should have had him come out and be a heel <laughs> like there's no reason to to do anything like that you could just have heath slater be a dick 
and Drew McIntyre be reluctant and like, I'm sorry, I have to put you down because you're a dick. You're pissed off about getting fired. You're just being a blatant asshole, so I have to kick the shit out of you, right? Like, that that segment doesn't work for any reason other than you want Heath Slater to be sympathetic for whatever you're going to try to do with Heath Slater, and nobody seems to think that's something that's going to happen. So the whole thing was a miss to me. It was just it accomplished nothing. Like it, I, I think it goes back to what we were saying that we should all be very concerned for them, for what Drew McIntyre's crowd reaction is once there are crowds again. Yes, I don't think if that, they keep doing stuff like this. I just, I just don't think. I think that it's lukewarm. I think that you've done nothing with he with Drew McIntyre. And again, that it, part of the problem is you didn't do anything before you made him champion. And it was just the sort of shocking nature of how he won the Royal Rumble that everybody was like, all right, wow, you know, like, I'm on board. And again, we, we generally do like Drew. That's the yes, other thing. correct. That... And part of it is that we are inclined to like Drew McIntyre, 100%. We're inclined to like him. But you haven't done any work. There's been nothing. It's just existed from there. And, like, I would be more inclined to say that the best possible scenario at this point is to do the Randy Orton thing and have it be a double turn. That that's the best thing yes. you could do yeah. to run this to SummerSlam. Is it's a double turn with Randy Orton um, at SummerSlam? That, that to me, my, my one concern as always would be Randy Orton as a face has I, never worked. I, Different time, it can work. No, he can never have. Bro- he sh- he should be Brock Lesnar. Randy Orton. I had this thought when I was watching Raw. Randy Orton should one hundred percent just do whatever Brock Lesnar did when he was a face. That's what he should be. He shouldn't talk, you know, the way that he talked when he was a face. He should just kind of come out, RKO the right people, and be a badass. Because I think when they when they have him cutting five-minute face promos in the ring is when that starts in, in, like, getting up and getting trying to get the crowd to clap and th- stuff like that. Right. That's where it turns bad for me. I also I don't think- know that he needs to be a face for very long either. Like, I don't think that he needs to be a face through WrestleMania. You know when he was the best face, honestly, when he, whenever he turned on the authority, because he wasn't walking at, in, until he started, until it went on too long. Right. And See, I, to... I almost like, I think initially you're right, but that very quickly turned into the Randy Orton. Well, that's whatever what I'm saying. Thing. Whenever like, he was like, just but I'm not that, cutting that... the promos and he was just RKOing people. But that and... was like a month. It worked for a month. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like we, I think we all agree that that it hasn't worked. And yeah. so I think if you want it to, you need to, I would, literally, I would look at whatever they did with Brock Lesnar when he was a face and just do that. It, the Randy Orton version of that. The problem is what Brock Lesnar did was just be generally awesome and doing awe-inspiring things. Or like the Braun Strowman thing where he was doing really cool things so he couldn't help but cheer for him. Yeah, well, why can't Randy Orton, but, but with Randy Orton, all you have to do is RKO people. Well, and that's literally all you have to do. Yeah, if he's basically DDP sliding in and diamond-cuttering people, okay. When did Kevin Owens get the biggest face reactions? When he started doing the stunner. <laughs> when he just started stunning people. There was literally nothing they did. When he first turned face, there point. was there was literally no character development. He just started well, using. Come on, the they showed they stunner. showed those videos of him in the bowling alley and eating junk food and being the family <laughs> man. What are you talking about? They did do that. They did do that. Um, they did do that. I also don't know that you can't. Ju- by the way, I don't think that you couldn't just solve SmackDown again either by throwing Daniel Bryan it or by just one day having Kevin Owens be on SmackDown. Like I don't think that you can't solve a problem by just sort of saying. 
Um, we'll give we'll give Bray the belt back, and we'll suddenly slide Kevin Owens to SmackDown, and now Kevin Owens is on SmackDown in order to solve that problem. Like I, I, I think sometimes you can just solve problems in certain ways, and considering everything else we're doing right now, why not? Can't like, be worse. No, Randy Orton too. I mean, you could do that. You could put him on SmackDown. You could, but Randy Orton. I like the place he's living right now. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's. A, I'm almost like. Doing anything with Randy Orton that doesn't just continue doing what you're doing right now makes it trepidatious to me. Whereas Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan, who the fuck cares? Put them anywhere. We're going to love Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan because they're just going to do goddamn amazing work and whatever it is they're asked to be doing. So who cares if they show up on a different show right now? If if you turn, if you do the double turn with him and Drew, if you turn Drew heel, do you then look at your last year? And essentially, you had the same two people with the same one problem. Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre's title runs essentially would have been the same exact thing. I, where, I hear, Yeah, I hear the argument. It gets stale. You don't know what to do. Let's turn him heel. How do you ever have a sustained he, uh, uh, babyface main event champion if you have to keep doing that? But you I do it right. <sighs> Man, that's tough. I, would, I think there's a twofold thing. I think somebody would say, well, you're not supposed to have sustained main event babyface champions. Well, right? Okay, like, let me phrase it differently. Main event babyface character. Do, you, do they not, they can't hold on to the title for longer than, because like, you know, we had Cena forever, and I know that that's its own thing, but like, I don't think anyone would have ever argued that Cena was a heel. Right? No, so, Cena, no, Cena wasn't, wasn't a heel, and, but right. that was part of the problem, is that, and it's part of, is that, you could you could argue for the you know the first year or so. How much of, of a Cena's problem run. was it really now? Like now that I'm Cena, now- Cena as champion was. I mean, part of the reason why people hated on Cena was because he was champion for too long. And I felt that way at the time, but now when I look back on it, how much worse is that than what's going on right now? Uh, I mean, it, I, I get it was this doesn't feel forced that felt forced this feels just like it's happening you know what i mean like yeah it was also different because cena was for the past two times with rollins and with mcintyre they put a face on top of the company who was not the absolute number one face in the company correct cena was without a question the number one face in the company i would so you get a lot more leash from that i I would go twofold it's not just that they're not the top face in the company it's that they did it without the crowd Mm, that's different rollins is closer without the crowd telling you this is the guy we want to throw ourselves behind right like the, it, like it, I feel like the crowd was telling us with Rollins. Rollins, yes. Yeah, they they actually responded. Rollins, yeah. yes. McIntyre, not as much. Again, that didn't well Mac- because we don't have crowds partially. In part, right? In part, but it's not the the Rollins thing felt way more of a coronation than the McIntyre thing. The McIntyre thing was just completely wildly out of nowhere, right? Like right. The Rollins thing felt like now he's the guy, right? At the time, and and which so quickly didn't work. The ans- the answer is to your original question. Well, we have an example of how this worked. It was Daniel Bryan, right? Like well, we we exactly. do have an example yeah. of it. Like, but no, we didn't see a long title run with him. To be fair, correct. And that's and I think that's that's part of it. I don't think that the Uber face should be someone who has a long championship run because inevitably you're gonna get tired of it you have to right like this is professional wrestling you have to get tired of it and we actually don't get the evidence of that because he was pulled so quickly right Right. we didn't we didn't get to see if he would have gotten stale and i'm sure he would have i I think there there were people making the argument already 
when I I didn't agree with them, but like when he was feuding with Kane and then he got injured and had to relinquish the title, there were people already making that argument. Well, he was also missing every other week because he had various injuries and the yeah. death of it, the death of his, fa- his I, father. I remember yeah. reading an article of someone saying that Daniel Bryan is now just a guy, and I was like, what? And then I sort of understood what they were talking about when he came back for that weird little intercontinental run. Like, the the fever was still a little bit there, but it wasn't like it was. And, you know, uh, but I mean, they also control that to an extent, right? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think things. here's the big thing. If, if you're going to have a long face run, because the face run peters out at some point. The, the, the tank chase, just runs the, out on the it. The chase should be long. Well, the chase should be long, and because the you know the tank is constantly running out on a face, if you're going to plan on having a long face run, you need to make sure when they win, they are absolutely at the top of the face chase. They they have to be beloved so that it takes eight months before we're tired of it. If they're only if if the tank is only half full, we're gonna run out real quickly on it. Let me ask you this: Were you sick of Kofi in October? Because I wasn't. Were you were you sick but of Kofi? And and I'd argue he was at the absolute top. He was like. That was absolutely full when he won the title at WrestleMania. And, and I, I think he had I think the title Co- October. When I think yeah. I think Kofi's situation was more similar to Daniel Bryan's situation. And again, and it was it was it was still working, right? It was when working, he lost, I think, people were I really upset. They, I know yeah. it's kind of like the the way and who it was, but at the same time, I I, I also feel like if he would have lost to like Randy Orton, people would have been mad. You know what I mean? I think if he had if he had held the belt to WrestleMania or farther, I think people would have started to wonder about if there's stamina. I think that because he was so over, because it was such a wonderful moment when he won the title, because we were so happy, that that carried him a lot farther than it does for Drew McIntyre. And I would say there's one other part that's involved, and we have to acknowledge it, which is... The, we we needed a black champion. Period. Like yeah. we we did. Yeah. We need, and that that's part of the full tank to me. Did and, did Seth run into the fiend buzzsaw? And if he hadn't, maybe that wouldn't have went the way it, it did. It or definitely was it, screwed things was up. Was it the There's Becky no stuff debate. that started? No, the no. Becky and Corbin stuff started. It, it wasn't great, but we did not feel anything like that until we were yeah. so puzzled by the fiend thing. Like it was yeah. so puzzling that th- there was almost no way of coming back from it. Look, the the the, the stuff with Baron Corbin was not good. But again, it happened during the time of the year where you can still, you can still re-inject that, right? Like you can still get that back up and just say, "Hey, that was payback last season. We move he on." He still right? beat Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam after that. Correct. Yeah, he be, he built Brock. It was clean, and then he it started getting. Because don't forget, before the Fiend, it was Braun who was also fairly over at the time. Yeah, that's true too. That is a good point. All right. Um, anything else we have to cover? Because we're gonna chat with Coach, and we're gonna run up time wise here. I think we're good. All right, very I, good. I, no, there's. I mean, I do. I do want to say I, I. really like what they're doing with Bobby Lashley. I think that um, I'm concerned with how where this is going, ending. But as far as the work they're actually doing with his character, I think it's the, probably the best they've done with him since he came uh, back. You know what? I would actually argue that we can reconsider, and Bobby Lashley could be. Yes. Um, I. I. Th- I'm. Oh boy. I don't want it necessarily, and I don't think it's They've better. done the work. I think, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think you could credibly make an argument for why Bobby Lashley should beat Drew McIntyre for a championship. I think you could credibly make that argument. Um, and again, this goes back to some of this is MVP has been wonderful. Oh my God, MVP has been wonderful. He ha- he has, and let me, there's, there's a couple other people that you need to give credit for this. Ricochet particularly made Bobby Lashley look like a billion dollars. That match was incredible. 
and Bobby Lashley looked like a badass coming out of it. Cedric Alexander as well. Like the work that they're doing, I, I mean, I, I sort of see, I hate that they're in that role, but hopefully them doing this work builds them some credibility to get something real to do in the next few months. But for now, if their role is make this guy look like a million bucks so that he can be in the main event, they're doing a really good job of that. Because I, I don't know if you remember the Bobby Lashley ricochet. I believe it was two weeks ago on Raw. I just remember coming out of that match being like, holy shit, like Bobby Lashley had a really good freaking mm-hmm. match, you mm-hmm. know? No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, and it did, it, it did warrant the conversation, and I'm interested in where it's going. I really am. I'm really interested in where it's going because it's... If MVP wins the United States title, though, I don't know I mean, about yeah, that. I mean, yeah, that's... No, no, but... Um, <laughs> Leave him as a manager. He can wrestle here and there to make right. storylines work, but he needs to be manager first, wrestler second. And, and if we're getting... If that means, you know, at SummerSlam we're getting Apollo Bobby Lashley, that'll be a really good match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it will. It feels like, like where we're going, right? Uh, it has felt that way, but I'm saying that I would be okay with even more than that for Bobby Lashley right now. Like, yeah. I... I think that story has been really good. I think the work yeah, has been good. I love it. I think I'm captivated by who might end up on board with MVP, like a faction that could be interesting and relevant, and I'm terrified that it turns right into Nation of Domination, right? Like, like there's a lot, of, but I don't know, man. It's it's working. It's working. How How much better, you know, yes, all the things we just said, but how much did they improve Bobby Lashley just by giving him the full Nelson and pants? Because yeah. those two things make him look like a much more credible threat than the whatever power slam or dominator thing that he was using and the wrestling tights. I think he looks... This is the guy that we thought we were getting, yep. right? Yep. This when is the guy we saw him. on TNA. The, yep. the badass, just, yep. you know, MMA. This is badass. what he should have been the whole time. No yes. question. No question. And, and there's, and I know that we're going so long, but there's one other thing um, we haven't talked in a long time. Make it quick. What are we doing with um, the Andrade and uh, Garza stuff? There, nothing. Is that I, leading fill, somewhere? Fill, no, filling time. Yep. One more thing, though. They're having a match where you have to rip out the other guys. Oh, yeah. What the hell? We didn't even talk about that. We didn't talk about that. Um, (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs) That's the thing. It's it's shocking and it's crazy. The the one thing we forgot to talk about was the match where they're going to rip out someone's eyeball. Because we have no idea what to make of it. We really have no clue what to make of it. Is it going to be like CGI? I don't. Who knows what it but might? But then, be. how do you sell that after? Is someone right. gonna wear like a fake like um, I mean, special been, effects Ray's eye been, that you can like? Ray's been kind of wearing a patch out? for a while anyway, right? And wears a mask, so like you could. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. Oh, I don't. So even he's clearly it. losing because that's exactly what's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't They're wanna. gonna doctor Ray Mysterio's mask. Yeah. Unless Seth Rollins just becomes a pirate. I don't. I don't really want to go any further with it because it's. <laughs> <laughs> sort of silly. Somebody was mad at it. I did get a message that we didn't even talk about the Undertaker thing. Like, what do you want me to say about the Undertaker? Do I really believe it? He hasn't retired. No. Wait, but did ever did anybody watch the documentary? No. I watched like the first part. I got so if you, sick. If, of if, if anybody can watch, if you want to watch it, we can talk about it next week because I watched the whole thing. Eh, I, I do think it's don't. relevant to talk about a little bit. Uh, I I can't tell you that I'm going to spend more. Th- I just watched 20 hours. If you watch it, days. you'll understand why I want to talk about it because there's. Just maybe we'll I, talk offline. I, I saw the bits about it, but again, there, there's no way he's retired. Period. I, I End of story. I, I don't believe it either. I don't believe it. All right, um, let's talk to Coach. 
And indeed, it's a pleasure now to be joined by a man who I believe has literally done everything in the world of broadcasting. Like, I don't think there's anything this man has never done. Obviously, a WWE legend, ESPN for an eternity, and of course now with the PGA Tour. And he's got a great new podcast with another fellow you probably know a thing or two about named JBL or John Bradshaw Layfield. It's called Follow the Money. It's a pleasure to welcome into the show the coach, Jonathan Coachman. Coach, it's Glenn and Aaron. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking some time for us. Boys, it's an honor to come on your show. I love chopping it up with uh, good people. And uh, I tell you what, it's a uh, it's a, a very difficult time, but I think it's going to be an exciting time uh, moving forward. So uh, I'm excited to be here, so thank you very much. All right, so Aaron was telling me before the show that he actually has a story that involves you. And so, oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, you, you, we talked about how – Glenn just said, you've done everything in broadcasting. I remember back when I was in college, I was sophomore, I was for the campus radio station, I was calling a Maryland-UNC softball game, was setting up in the press box, it was a flurry, snowy day, and all of a sudden someone from the SID department says, you gotta get up, you gotta get out, you gotta move to this table that we set up in the snow, because we have a national crew coming in. So I get up, I move out, I get to the table, a little annoyed because it's flurrying, prepared to glare at whoever's, you know, walks in to take my spot. And then I see one Jonathan Coachman walk into the press box. Uh, I tell, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Are you done or are you going to finish that, the story? That, that was basically so the story. Okay. Yeah, well, several things come to mind right there because I talk to young people all the time and I tell them that you cannot be afraid to do anything at any time. A, I apologize for kicking you no. out, but I learned from Joe Buck a long time ago that if it's your studio – then you kick out anybody that's in your spot. So that I don't apologize for. But as far as doing a college softball game, I'll tell any young broadcaster who is listening, if you have the chance to do a college baseball game or a college softball game, you jump on that softball game every single time. It's shorter, the players are nicer, it goes fast, <laughs> and it's a fun sport to do. People just automatically think it's a negative thing because, oh, it's softball. No, 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 no. It's a great sport, fast, I loved it. And also... I had to get out of WWE, and I couldn't just walk out the door and walk in the doors of ESPN or Fox or whoever else I was trying to get into. So I had to have a buffer. So my last two years at WWE, I also worked at uh, CSTV, which is now CBS College Sports. Yep, that was the uh, network that you were broadcasting for at the time. That's right. That's right. And we did any game they could give us, we would take it. And because it was a brand new network that was just starting. So uh, I went to a lot of small places. I did a lot of sports that no people, nobody would think to do, but it gave me experience, and it gave me, um, I met new people, and then we get to have stories like this, which to me, it's what the business is all about. It really is. Oh, it's so funny, and I, it's, as you can tell, Aaron's totally over it, like totally not <laughs> Absolutely. thinking about it years <laughs> later. still bitter, still but, bitter. But Aaron, do I also remember that this kind of came full circle, because for a little while, weren't you also stringing uh, DC football games on Coach's show? Wasn't that a thing that, for That's like- right. In fact, you know what? I remember there was a Redskins-Buccaneers uh, game you were filling in. You were doing the Sunday thing. I did. I had said something. The Bucks had gone up big. This was the Kirk Cousins you like that game when the Bucks yeah. went up huge. I said something about you know red alert and FedEx Field. I got off the line and I hear Coach say, "Well, you know what? That's how you do an update." There you go. Made his life. You, you, you have to. You have to give people props when you do it, and also you got to educate as you're going because you, you never know who's going to listen. And I feel it's kind of my responsibility too. So many broadcasters when they get to the national level. A, they forget where they come from, or B, they think they're too good for everybody else, or C, 
They just don't listen to the person when you're on a show like that. That's my favorite show I ever did at ESPN Radio was the seven-hour, uh, 1 p.m. to 7.30, and you're just talking football for six and a half, seven hours. Uh, it was awesome. But if you don't give people credit where credit is due, to me, you're doing you a disservice, and you're doing the business and yourself a disservice. And, and, I'm, and uh, Coach, Aaron, he, it made his month. Like, uh, he, he literally well, – <laughs> He literally texted us afterwards, like, you guys aren't going to believe this. <laughs> it made his month. I'll, I'll be and, honest with you. I, I really will. I come from a small town in Kansas, and I've never once, even though my persona is this arrogant guy that thinks he's the best-looking thing walking, that's not really who I am. And <laughs> so whenever somebody is excited that they worked with me, they were around me, or something like this, I really have never put myself in that light. And so it's, sometimes it's a little embarrassing for me because I'm just a kid who grew up wanting to do sports, and I just prayed that I would be able to make a living at it. That's all I ever wanted. And to be where I've gotten to get to do the things that I'm doing and now be able to expand that, um, it's just awesome. It's just awesome. That's cool, man. And, and look, you've had we, we, we joke about how you've done everything, but it is in part jealousy because we're also broadcasters and – you know, by the way, like when you talk about doing softball instead of baseball, it's the opposite for lacrosse. You never want to get the women's lacrosse assignment because you can't understand the rules. You just can't do it <laughs> no matter what. You always want to get the men's lacrosse assignment. Uh, he is Jonathan Coachman. Uh, a coach, tell everybody about the, the podcast, which I think for wrestling fans, they'll be excited because they'll hear it's you and JBL, but it's not a wrestling yeah. podcast. It's, it's, it's sports and gambling and trying to make some money. Well, here's the thing, that, that when this pandemic started, uh, I, I would argue that I lost more, and I'm not talking financially because I did lose a lot of money, but I lost a lot of gigs. And there's a lot of people out there that by no fault of their own, their gigs just went away. And whether it's the XFL, which I was the lead host of, whether it's the World Long Drive Tour, which I was the lead host of, all of these leagues are going away and not coming back. So I, I pouted for a week or so, and then I said, you know what, let's use this, just like we have at other times in our career, to pivot, evolve, change and make new content and be the catalyst and be the future instead of sitting around for three months hoping that somebody calls me. So that's what we did. So we came up with all these different ideas, and one of them was Follow the Money podcast because for the first time in the history of our country, it's no longer, oh, there's a bookie on the corner and you've got to slide an envelope to him on Tuesdays. Sports gambling is now recognized for what it is. Most everybody does it. And I'm in the world of golf predominantly now. Everybody gambles when they play golf, when they watch golf. And now that it's embraced, just like the NBA and Major League Baseball, you can share in the profits. So we said, let's come up with a sports gambling and finance show. And so we, it, it's 30 minutes. It's quick. We, we're we're going to hit five or six sports whenever they're up and running. But it's like three to four minutes on each sport. We give a pick or two out. The difference between our show and everybody else that thinks they have a gambling show is, A, me and JBL come from the entertainment world. And I've been friends with him forever. We were golfing buddies. And he's got an over-the-top personality and also a seven-figure social media following. <laughs> Our co-hosts are actual real gamblers. They make their money gambling. They've had movies made about them. Uh, they, they've been banned from certain casinos in Las Vegas because they were winning too much money. We are authentic. There's a lot of shows that are on the air right now that are guys that like to gamble. Well, guess what? If somebody watches your show and they start picking what you pick, and you're losing all the time, guess what they're not going to do? They're not going to watch your show anymore. Right. So we, we actually started a, a, an account, and we bet every single thing. that they, they have their own website. They have nine guys, and they all have a specialty. So they have a golf special, specialty, soccer, football. And we bet everything that they tell us to on the website 
the average bet of an American person, which is about $47, and we keep track. So we're authentic, we're transparent, and we're keeping track of our wins and our losses. And over the course of the first year, we'll tell everybody exactly how it's going. And that's why I think we're going to have the biggest gambling show slash podcast in the world within two years. Now, i got to ask, is... Um you, when you're using these lines, when you're using it, are you looking mainly at, you know, some of the more local things like the Vegas books or even FanDuel or DraftKings, or are you using some of these uh, offshore online books? Right now, we do not have a sponsor, and it's not because we haven't been offered. We've been offered by 10 of them. What we want to do is grow the show organically and do it the right way, because when you sell it, normally you have to sell a sponsorship for a year's time. Well, in six months, the show's going to be way bigger than it is after five weeks, right? So we use... Uh, for, for transparency here in the state, we use the lines off of DraftKings because that's where most people can play fantasy. Uh, unfortunately, most people don't realize that unless you live in four or five specific states, you can't bet on golf or bet on NBA. You can only do the fantasy. That's why a lot of the uh, – I'm pushing for an offshore uh, place because now they've made it a lot easier to, to play and you can get all the lines. So, but right now we use lines from DraftKings just because that's the easiest thing for people to see and to compare. All right. In, in this time where we've had no baseball, no football, no major sports, what's like the craziest thing that you've bet on? Uh, and Aaron is also <laughs> a significant gambler. Um, okay. What, so I'll give it to both of you. What's the craziest thing? I'll start with Coach. Craziest thing that you've okay. bet on since this all started? When people say there's nothing to bet on, they aren't looking hard enough. We bet on a lot of soccer, and I did not realize until I started gambling on soccer because we have this guy, and I encourage you to follow him on social media. His name is the Philly Pig. He, he puts out the most hilarious videos. Sometimes he's just sitting there with his shirt off. His glasses are cockeyed. He weighs about 350 pounds, and he's the nicest guy in the world. And he actually, guys, worked for Billy Walters, the famous Billy Walters, for 15 years. And his stories are unbelievable. So we do a lot of soccer. I didn't realize that almost every country has a professional league. I mean, there are Portugal, Denmark, Bundesliga, Italy, Series A, English Championship, English Premier League, and that's just off the top of my head. And then also we bet on Korean baseball, which is on in the middle of the night on ESPN. And I live on the West Coast, so these games are coming on at 2.30 a.m., so I have to be really disciplined and say, you know what, <laughs> this is, I do it as a business now. I used to gamble with my heart. I do it. They've taught me. It's about money management. Every bet needs to be the same. You run it like you were a business. If you lose a $100 bet, you don't bet 300 which is what we all do, right? You just got to keep it consistent, and you got to look at the long play and not, hey, what did I win today? So a lot of Korean baseball, a lot of soccer. Aaron? So for me, one thing, uh, I've bet on wrestling during this lull. Okay. Uh, they've been putting up more wrestling lines on these offshore books, and every now and then, Usually the wrestling lines are so off, well, like just, you know, you know who's going to win, so it's minus, yeah. you know, a thousand or whatever. But every now and then you find one that you just realize, oh god, they have no idea what they're talking about. It's only a minus 125 favorite when it probably should be minus 600. Slam that. <laughs> the the I other was, thing... I was, I was funny to, to bet on wrestling. Uh, maybe because oh, I was in it. I don't ridiculous. Know. <laughs> but, uh, hey, money is money, right? The other right. thing is uh, my daughter has been getting into uh, Overwatch, and I bet on an Overwatch game. That's what? probably the most ridiculous what thing. What's Overwatch? It's a video game, E-League. 
Oh, 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 okay, okay. You're, Gosh, you you have bet on other human beings playing video games. <laughs> I, I, I did that once. All right, you might need help. Now that I, <laughs> <laughs> you might need help. Coach, I would assume that you, you know, with your relationship with WWE, you probably wouldn't be able to bet on wrestling, right? Or how, I don't even know how that would work. Would you even uh, be able to bet on wrestling? To be 100% candid with you, it's never even been brought up. Like, okay. it's never, we've never had a meeting where they said, hey, you can't do it. But also, people have texted me many, many times over the years thinking that I know the finishes of matches. <laughs> right. the, the one thing they do, and I'll never forget this. This is the true story. Uh, years ago, there was – because I get, I get to be in all the confidential meetings, especially in, when I was there for 10 years. And they – it was supposed to be Linda McMahon and Mick Foley were going to be surprised. We're going to be a surprise on the show. And somehow it got out on the Internet. And if there's one thing Vince McMahon hates more than anything – it's writers on the internet putting out spoilers like they know what's going to happen, even if they're right. That's not what the business is based on. The base- business is based on entertaining right. surprises. And I've never understood why even the writers want to ruin it for the fans. That's, that's always driven me crazy. So it gets out that those two are going to show up. And Vince literally says to all of us in a meeting, he says, this has gotten out. And I cannot tell you what would happen if I find out that somebody in this room is leaking this to these websites, which, by the way, these websites don't pay anybody any money. They're not paying somebody ten grand to get a spoiler. They don't have ten grand for these websites, right? right? And, and we call them dirt sheets. And the whole room was dead silent. It was like he was dead serious. He was not messing around. It was as serious as I've ever seen Vince uh, be. And uh, I could tell that nobody in that room uh, gave it away. Uh, but from that point on, they really made the meetings a lot smaller, sure. so a lot less people knew what was going to happen. We had, didn't we, Aaron, like guess at one point that there was a match based on the line that we were like, we wondered if there was any chance that they just changed the result of the match because, like, for betting reasons, because it was. Well, there was. I remember no. recently okay. uh, when Charlotte won the Rumble, Shayna was a huge favorite going into it, and up until about few hours beforehand. But, 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 but coach, you're saying you never saw anything like that, where like they, they no. ch- okay. No, and I, I will say this, that um, they have had finishes, and then they discussed it over the course. Because to educate wrestling fans quickly, to, the reason people win or lose is to increase the storyline, increase the viewership, and, and have it make sense. It's not just to arbitrarily give a win to this person right. or this person. So um, I, I know for a fact that if they change the match in the middle of the afternoon, it certainly has never been for gambling purposes because – it's a much bigger effect on the entire business of the WWE than uh, anything they would make from gambling, which I, I guarantee you Vince doesn't even know what a line is. He doesn't even know what a gambling line is. So That's amazing. There you go. That's amazing, man. That is amazing. <laughs> Um, coach, you know, everything you've done, I, it, let's, for, for, the, for the wrestling fans that are listening, give me the yeah. thing – that like you had, I'm sure you did plenty of things that like looking back on make you cringe. Like I'm sure there's plenty of that. But give me like the moment around wrestling that you were like, oh my god, I can't believe I forever would have been able to have done this or to have been in this situation around these people. Whatever it is that um, still that you take with you, I'll, I'll I'll give you the good and the bad. Okay. So the the good was Vince is a very what I call a paranoid billionaire. And he was good friends with Donald Trump, and so Trump was around a lot. Yep. To, to Vince, there's no such thing as a celebrity. You know, it's just part of the show. And so as, as we went along, he really trusts me, and, and still to this day does. And 
so he wanted me around him all the time because a lot of the bigger stars like Ross or Stone Cold or Big Show or whatever, he doesn't want to yell at them. But they do a lot of things that warrant getting yelled at. So if he gets mad at them, then he would yell at me, get it out of his system, and then everybody can move on. So that was kind of my role. And so when we started doing the shows in Afghanistan and Iraq after 9-11, it was a very limited number. You could only take 30 people, 18 talent, 12 production people. So getting on, on that on that plane was very, very difficult. Not everybody wanted to go, but it was such a, an honor to be able to go. And so I got to go two straight years, and one of the years they, they needed an extra match. So I got to wrestle Ric Flair uh, in Afghanistan in the middle of the <laughs> desert outside of this big hangar. And I remember uh, Rick coming up to me, and Rick, he respects everybody, especially me. And most of the wrestlers who are seasoned, uh, you can say, hey, listen, we got 20 minutes, let's just call it out there. And then you go over the last two minutes of the match called the go-home. Well, Rick comes up to me, and, you know, I was green as grass. I'd had a lot of matches, but I'm certainly not Triple H or Shawn Michaels. He comes up, I go, hey, Rick, it looks like we're going to be working together tonight. He goes, cool. Well, let's just call it out there, and we'll do the figure four at the end. <laughs> and he walks away. And I'm like, Rick, I can't call it out there. And I ended up taking what I considered to be a figure two. It was the worst figure four leg lock that he had ever put on anybody. It was embarrassing. But he didn't care. Now, during that same show, Vince is, right before the show started, Vince is running around backstage, and they actually made this into a cartoon on WWE Storytime, which is a show on the network. And Vince was looking for something, and I didn't know what he was looking for, so I run up. I go, hey, boss, what are you looking for? He's like, coach, I need a Red Bull. i, I got to have a Red Bull. And it was close to showtime. I said, go up to, we call it the gorilla position, right before the curtain where you walk out. I said, go to gorilla. I'll find you a Red Bull. So Vince walks away. This young private runs up. He's like, Coach, I heard you need a Red Bull. So he reaches through it into his fatigue and pulls out a Red Bull. So it was like something out of a movie. I'm like hoping. It's probably a 40, 50-yard. It was this huge hangar was our backstage. Probably a 50-yard run. I run up there, and the four guys that were carrying the flag were standing there, and Vince is going over his script because he was starting the show. So for some reason, I don't know what possessed me to do it, I was like, Vince, keep reading. I'll open it for you. So I held it right in front of his face. I was going to pop it open so then he could just grab it and in one take, drink it. Well, I had just been running for 50 yards. So what do you guys think happened? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's exploding. It of exploded, course. right? So now you got four dudes <laughs> behind me that are trying not to laugh. They're holding it in. Vince has Red Bull dripping off of his face, off his ears, off his nose. It was so funny. I didn't know what to do, so I literally just ran away. Didn't apologize. I just ran away. He was so angry. So by the time we got on the plane to fly back to the States, everybody thought the story was so funny that Vince was telling it as if it was his idea for me to spray him with a Red Bull. And if you go back and watch the show, when he was starting, he was like like doing this thing where he's pulling on his jacket, trying to dry himself as he's cutting a promo to all those thousands of troops in the middle of the Afghanistan uh uh, a desert so it was it was pretty funny so pretty funny dude. the the negative one quickly was i'd already signed with espn i show up next week to raw they tell me do you have any thong underwear and i was like yeah. why would i need thong underwear uh, yeah. they're like well we're gonna do something tonight where you get thrown through a wall they're gonna pull your pants down and spray paint your butt with a dx on it and i had literally just signed my deal to go to espn <laughs> and as i'm driving to the mall to go to spencer's gifts i was like what am i doing why am i doing this but it cemented my record as never telling Vince no in 10 years of working for him the first time. So I did it, and to this day, 
my very nicely toned buttocks has DX all over the internet. And I still got my, I still have my job. Still have my job. Well, you, you said you've never said no to Vince. Was that the time you most wanted to say no, or is there another time that sticks out as another time that you just kind of wish you had said no, or you wanted to say no? Well, I, I guess that's, I guess, I guess I'm lying. I guess that's not true. I did say no once, and that was when um, we. We were, I, I call it giving the option, and I just decided not to go. I didn't really say no, but when we were going overseas, we were, it was up to us whether or not we felt comfortable going. Uh, my then wife was pregnant with my daughter, and she said, I really don't feel comfortable with you going to the desert during a war, and your first child's going to be born. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to go. They just assumed I was going to go. So when we show up, you have to get clearance, background checks, that whole stuff. And so they had to scramble to get another talent to go in my place, Vince was absolutely just so angry. The next week when the show was over, The Undertaker ended the show, and usually we do something after the show just for the crowd in the arena, and the referee comes up and goes, Coach, you need to go hit Undertaker in the back. And I knew I knew what he meant. That was your, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so I went, and, and basically he beat me up. I took the Tombstone pile driver, and as soon as I hit the mat, they hit Batista's music. Batista came out. <laughs> Gave me all four of his finishes, and I took him like a man, got up, went to the back, didn't talk to anybody, walked to my car. As soon as I got to my car, just the emotions came out of me. I'm just crying. I just couldn't even control it because I was so angry that he had treated me that way because I didn't go to Afghanistan. And to Vince's credit, the one thing I do respect about him is that he can be mad at you one day, and then the next week, business is business, you move on. And so it never affected our relationship, even though uh, he had me uh, beat up because of not going. Oh, man. Um, like, Coach, we could probably do this for an hour. I know we don't have an hour. <laughs> We're going to have to let you go because I just listening to these stories is, is everything. I wanted to let you tell everybody, uh, we talked about the podcast, but I know you've been really involved in the golf world the last couple of years. Yeah. I think everybody's seen you do the long drive stuff. Um, and there's some more developments uh, in your relationship with golf. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, yeah, you know, I really targeted golf when I left ESPN as, as what I want 80% of my career to be um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, I, I really am I'm in a place in my life where I want to help, and I want to help uh, young broadcasters, young kids develop and, and get into uh, what I think it could be the greatest business in the world as far as sports is concerned. Um, and the golf business is growing. And also we need diversity. We need inclusion. And the PGA of America reached out. And they have a charity called PGA Works, which does exactly that. So me and Paul Millsap of the Denver Nuggets and Steph Curry, of course, of the Warriors, he's the ambassador for their junior program. Uh, we've joined them, and we're going to start doing content and a lot of good things to bring eyeballs to the golf business, but also make people realize, guys, that you don't have to have to be a golfer to be in the golf business. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of different jobs that you can have and in addition to that, try to bring the PGA Tour and the PGA of America closer together because most people don't even realize there's a difference. And so I do PGA Tour Live play-by-play. Uh, -play. The next tournament I'll do is the 3M in two weeks. Um, but trying to bring the tour um, and really make them, what people see, reflect what they want it to see. If you want it to be diverse and you want to have a black face, an Asian face, a Latino face, a white face, and you want all these faces, then what we show has to look like that. It can't just be done behind closed doors. So that's part of my mission is to help both of these incredible organizations help and get people into their organizations, into the business, and also show people that we can do it the right way. We can include everybody, and we can also have a lot of fun doing it.
That's awesome. That's awesome, Coach. Um, again, check out the podcast. Follow the money uh, on Twitter. It's at the Coach Rules. And then, what about Instagram, Coach? Can people find yep. you there? It's the same at the Coach Rules, and the, the podcast is FT Money underscore Pod. Uh, we have daily videos up all the time. We put picks up all the time, uh, so they can get all the content there. And uh, we're going to be growing. We're going to be doing a lot of fun things. So I'd love to come back on and talk anytime you guys need. Uh, it. We will take you up on that. That is yeah. a promise <laughs> that we will do that, Coach. Seriously, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. All right. Be blessed and wear a mask. Take care. Great stuff. Appreciate that. Uh, anybody have anything they want to plug as we wrap up? No, no. not really. All right. Uh, <laughs> at Brandon Lincoln. I would say just watch The Last Ride if you haven't uh, on WB Network, and hopefully I'll get talk one of these guys into watching it, uh, and we can discuss it a little bit next week. I don't know if you heard. Sports are coming back, so... We got to, uh, yeah, no, sure. pro- probably not. So, <laughs> But hey, we got the 2021 schedule for baseball. I, I saw that. Uh, at Brandon. Oh, I know, I know. Tweet at us. Um, tweet at us. We're gonna do our picks for is is it next week our extreme rules picks? Yes. Yeah. So tweet at us which body part you want us to cut off of, of each other, for right? The, for, for the bet. <laughs> That's not bad. Not bad. At Brandon Linton. At the Oster. At uh, AJ Francis four one zero. At Glenn Clark Radio and GlennClarkRadio.com. For uh, Brandon. For Aaron. For the main event. Vent. Vent. Just me? Vent. 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 Thank you. Really appreciate you guys' participation in our bits. Vent. AJ Francis. I'm Glenn Clark. This is Ben jobbing out. Eye for an eye.